Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a special edition of the OTPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us on this special occasion because it is the most wonderful time of year if you're a sports fan. The National Football League is about ready to kick off. Yes. So let us get into what we usually do here at the ODPH. My name is Ken M. I am the host. Joining me, as always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Let me talk to you. Yeah. And also joining us on the special occasion, you know if we're talking football, we bring him in. He is the host of the 3FN podcast. He is the host of 607TWS, the wrestling show. And he will be the host of Nerd Initiative's YouTube wrestling program that will be destination for watching for all pro wrestling fans starting September 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wrestling Night Live. Give a warm welcome to our good friend, Rich. What is up, ODPH Society? Are you ready to talk some more football? Absolutely, because last episode we broke down the entire AFC like we do. Now it's time to show some love to the NFC so we definitely want to get into the conversation for anything in between odphpodcast.com and let's get into the breakdown of the National Football Conference pad kick us off and let's go to the Eastern Conference or Eastern it, Division yeah so the NFC East last year was won by the Philadelphia Eagles who of course were the number 1 overall seed uh in that uh, conference uh they finished with a record of 14 and 3 you had the Dallas Cowboys finished in second place also clinching a playoff spot with a record of 12 and 5 New York Giants also clinched a playoff spot finishing 9 7 and 1 and you had the Washington Commanders finishing in last place with a record of 8 8 and 1 until this moment, I forgot how much the NFC least overachieved last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with the uh, defending NFC champion and should have possibly been Super Bowl champion, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, because I think they're the easiest place to start because, let's be honest, they are pretty much returned all the main pieces and then added what they needed because, hey, somehow in the NFL you make it to the Super Bowl and you get two gigantic first-round draft picks Yeah, uh, the defensive end. Hey, I don't, I don't know how it happened. I'm not saying – and it's not conspiracy. Just very smart with their picks. Yes. Of course, let's, you can't talk about the Eagles without talking about the man who should have been the MVP of the league last year. That's right. I said it. Absolutely. I mean, all, all hail Patty Mahomes is a, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league, but Jalen Hurts deserved that award last year. Hell, he outperformed Patty Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Yes, they lost, but he still look at the numbers comparatively, and he outperformed him. So Jalen Hurts has got something to prove. He's got AJ Brown back, and I'm going to tell you what: Hurts to Brown is one of those uh, is going to be one of those classics we talk about forever, like uh, Manning to Harrison or Montana to Rice. Uh, the two of them hook up, and it's, it's wild. Uh, I enjoy that hookup, especially for my fantasy team. I want a championship match with that hookup. Yes, and of course, Devontae Smith over there and uh, Quez Watkins as well. They've got uh, dollars, uh, Dallas Godard as the tight end, so he's got targets for days. And just when you thought it was safe to go back to the running core in Philadelphia, which they did pretty well last year with uh, Gainwell and Scott sharing the, uh, sharing the duties, 
they went out and got themselves DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're they're going to be doing once again running back by you know organization. And DeAndre Swift's going to fit in perfect to this because last year, if you remember, Boston Scott or Gainwell, what they would do is they would run with one of them mostly in the first half, and then they would take the healthy one and they would run in the second half. Now you can almost do it in quarters. Yeah. Yes. And you are going to really, really see this running back by committee do good things. Now let's talk about the other side of the ball and probably the side of the ball that, I, I once again, very good defense, but it's the side of the ball that in the Super Bowl ended up costing them the game. Mm-hmm. Not, not trying to take anything away from them. but No, hey, but it's the truth. And they know that. That's the bad part. <laughs> if you don't think Fletcher Cox, who is your defensive captain, does not know that it's gonna, it fell on them, oh, you'd be surprised. Uh, of course, they're trading up that young kid, Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to be a monster. He's not he's not a, the first uh, starter yet, but uh, he's sitting behind some uh, really good players. He's going to get a lot of playing time. But uh, Terrell Edmonds back there at safety, Reed Blankenship back at safety as well. They're running instead of uh, instead of doing a free safety and a strong safety, they're running a two safety set, which is fine. Uh, I love the fact that they're using a nose cornerback. They got Avante Maddox as the nose cornerback. That's a little change up for them. They weren't running that last year. No, I just noticed that in their new calling. This is pretty awesome. They've got, and you know, they've put some stuff together. This is a tougher team than it was last year. And last year, I thought they should have won the chip. This year, I think it's going to be hard pressed to get them not to win. So uh, obviously, when we go from here, <laughs> you're going to know where I'm picking for the whole out. Bad. Yeah, no, this team offensively, you know, like you said, they returned a lot of their. Uh, starters and what have you from the uh, previous season and listen they were offensively they were fine you know they put up 35 points in the Super Bowl you know but like you said defense was the big issue when it came postseason time because while the defense was great in the regular season they still gave up 38 points in the in the Super Bowl which hey you know at the end of the day it don't matter what quarterback you got if you if you're giving up points like that you ain't gonna win much and it looks like they've addressed the defense. The defense front seven. I know Bill Belichick has said it, you know, in the uh, articles this week because the Patriots are playing the Eagles this week, that he says the front seven of the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the best in the NFL, if not the best in the NFL right now. And I agree with it. That front seven is fucking terrifying. That's coming from the greatest defensive coach possibly in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, some people are like, oh, he's just trying to b- blow sunshine up our, you know. No, he's, he's giving them respect. Like, no, these guys are lethal. So I expect Philly to be, be about the same as what they were last year. You know, there's they've added stuff to get, like you mentioned, DeAndre Swift. They've also got Rashad Penny, who they added from uh, the Seattle Seahawks there. You know, so they've got a great running game. They've got a great receiving core. You know, they get, you got the offensive line who's doing fine. Eagles are going to be nasty this year. The craziest thing about this team is the rich gets richer. And you have to give all the credit in the world to general manager Howie Roseman. Yeah, he drafted like half of the University of Georgia. But you know what? He was smart for the years prior. And the best he, part is what? He was from Florida State, right? Yes. That was his comment. He was like, you know, don't know how much this pains me to get uh, sign another Georgia player. Right. But, you know, when he sees talent, he's built a nice young team that's going to contend for a while. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has finally emerged, and I love seeing his work ethic come on this field. Because when he's on, they are very near impossible to stop. Yeah. And he is just getting better. And he plays with such a chip on his shoulder, too. And that's one thing I really love about his game. And they finally gave him weapons with Brown and Smith. Yep. And now he has a great chemistry with those two. The running game, the fact they got DeAndre Swift, that is a huge – I don't think we're giving it enough credit for how big that move is. Mm -hmm. And then you think about that defense, and especially Landon Jalen Carter – and really upgrading all around. I mean, who is going to 
really contend with this team. I think I think people are going to really find out how important that move was when it's uh, fourth quarter and you have a fresh-legged DeAndre yeah. Swift running all over people, catching passes. It's going to be ridiculous there in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, I will shout it out there. Also, talking about a team when we were talking about teams who have a, like a, a nice core – this is also a team being ran from the top down. Very good. The coaching's good. The, mm-hmm. the GMs are good. And the players are good. There was players on this team who could have gone elsewhere for bigger money who took pay cuts to make this team better. That is a sign that they like this organization and they want to win with this organization. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be hard to pull these people apart. Jalen Hurts did not ask for the biggest contract for a quarterback. No. He was happy taking less. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he wants a championship. He understands. He understands all of it's going to come to him, and I and I can't preach that enough, and I think it's great because even like a Fletcher Cox who could have left, or a Jason Kelsey who could have left, they all took less money, and they're yeah. the best at their position. They could have taken more money elsewhere, but said, no, 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 no. We'll restructure so we can uh, get yeah. the, the better players. And even A.J. Brown took less money. Yeah, Interesting facts. People want to win in this in, in Philadelphia, and that team's young, and they're going to stay together for quite a while. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Jason Kelsey was even contemplating retirement mm-hmm. after the season was over, but he stuck around and because I, I think he, like a lot of those guys on that team, realized, listen, we came within you know a, a missed play, you know whatever else, of winning the Super Bowl. We got something special here. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of them know that once this sting of losing a Super Bowl wears off, it's either get back to business or start something else. And the mentality of this team has always been next down. Mm -hmm. And when you have that culture built into your roster, that is arguably one of the most scariest qualities you can have on a football team. Absolutely. Because especially in this day and age where, let's face it, players are going to go where the money is. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if your goal is to win a chip and have legacy, what they're doing here in Philly is just getting started. And honestly, looking at their schedule... They're going to be ones that teams are focusing on, and they're mm-hmm. going to be setting the benchmark against. But I think Philly is ready to rise for it. Yeah. So week one they open up against the New England Patriots on the road. Uh, week two they are at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, week three they are down in Tampa playing the Buccaneers. That one on Monday Night Football. Uh, week four they are at home against the Washington Commanders. Then on week five they are on the road playing the Los Angeles Rams. Week six they're back on the road playing the New York Jets. Week seven they are at home playing the Miami Dolphins. That one on Sunday Night Football. Uh, week 8, they're on the road playing the Washington Commanders. Week 9, they're at home against the Dallas Cowboys. By week in Week 10, come back on Week 11 on the road in Kansas City. That one on Monday Night Football. Week 12, they're at home against the Buffalo Bills. Week 13, they're at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, week 14, they're on the road in Dallas playing those Cowboys. That one on Sunday Night Football. Week 15, they're on the road playing Seattle Seahawks. Week 16, uh, at home against the New York Giants, week 17 at home against the Arizona Cardinals, and then closing out the regular season at home, or excuse me, on the road playing the New York Giants. You know, crazy, it's a crazy schedule, but I think they can pull it off. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. easy. Oh, yeah. Especially that latter half, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's go with that second place team last year, and of course, get it right out of our way for our good friend Dre Driven because uh, he wants to talk about them boys. Yep, let's talk about them Cowboys. What about them Cowboys? I'll tell you what about the Cowboys, and I'm going to actually be really nice to the Cowboys. The Cowboys on paper look as as they did last year look like a great team, especially on the defensive end. They have one of the most stacked defenses you could ever see in your life. Yeah, let's, they do. Let's look at this on the front line. You have Demarcus Lawrence, Jonathan Hankins. Osa, and I always butcher his name, Odegazwa, and Dorrance Armstrong. That's just your front That's your front four, right? Then you have your linebacker core of uh, Mika Parsons and Leighton Vander Esk. 
And then, oh, yeah, they have a secondary. Uh, Stefan Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs are leading that. Mind you, Jairon Curse, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, they're running a three, count it, three safety set. Yep. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And they all are good at what they do. Now, the problem is, is what, what team is coming to play. Last year, the defense did not play up to standard mm-hmm. in a lot of key games. Not every game. Obviously, they won some games. They made the playoffs. They, they were second place only behind them Philadelphia Eagles in that division. But here's the biggest problem. Even when that defense plays to top, you still have to score. And the problem in Dallas, and it's going to be, is not Dak Prescott. It's the fact he has literally nobody to throw the ball to. Um, C.D. Lamb is not striking fear in anybody's heart. He's a decent you know, receiver, but he's not striking fear in anybody's heart. Michael Gallup, huh? Who? Yeah. He's okay. Has he, oh, yeah, has he still, has he caught a pass yet? Because, like, think about it. They hired him and he did not catch a touchdown pass for, I think it was, what, eight weeks? Something like that. It was ridiculously long. He almost, I think he had less touchdowns than uh, Juju Schuster last year. Uh, he only had four last year. Yes. And Juju Schuster had nine. Yeah. <laughs> it is telling. So I'm just saying, uh, to be fair, CeeDee Lamb was injured for a good portion of the season last year. He is your number one receiver. If Michael Gow can step up and you have a young kid in Brandon Cooks, you, you might be able to put something together there. But they have to get the weapons for Dak. And I'm, I, unfortunately, they didn't go out and get anybody sexy for that position. They really no. need a number one receiver for Dak. And they lost Amari Cooper because of the Ezekiel uh, contract. And then, of course, now he's gone and in, in New England. Yeah. So what could they should have just cut him the year before. Yeah. And then they could have kept Amari Cooper. But it was bad business moves by the front office. And that, at the second time, and I'm sure every Cowboy fan is saying the same thing I did when, you know, as Raider fans, we always said when Al Davis was gone, we would be a little more successful, which did ring true. We're not great, but we were more successful. You're running into that same thing with Jerry Jones there in Dallas. He's not letting guys go when he should, and he's keeping them a little bit too long past their shelf life. But if you can get Dak some help, and that defense is playing at 100% every week, they're a scary team, and they could be second place. They can make the playoffs, and they could actually make a run at a Super Bowl. I'm going to be honest. I know every year you hear, you know, it's our year. I'm not saying it's their year. I'm just saying they have the talent to do it. Defensively, this team's going to be fine. Like everything you mentioned, that, that front seven is lethal. That secondary, if Stephon Gilmore can play like the last year he was in New England where he won the defensive player of the year, him teamed up with Trayvon Diggs in the secondary is going to be fucking lethal. You're not going to get a pass on those guys. It's going to be hard to do. But like you said, the biggest question for me is the offense. You got Tony Pollard there, who's the number one running back now. Ezekiel Elliott's gone. It's always been a, you know, running back by committee. Who's going to be the one? You know, so... Cowboys fans, you got the one. You know, you got Rico Dowdle, Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn there. Neither, I haven't heard of either one of those guys. I mean, I pulled up the stats on Rico Dowdle. He's in his fourth season out of South Carolina. For his career, he has seven carries, and he's got 24 yards. So, sorry, that's not exactly striking fear in me if I'm a defensive coordinator having a game plan for this. And CeeDee Lamb is fine. Michael Gallup is fine. Brandon Cooks, it's not the Brandon Cooks of old, you know. And they got the tight end Jake Ferguson. You know, but you look at what this team had a couple of years ago where it was the whatever the, I forget the tight end's name, but they had him a couple of years ago. Oh, Jason Witten? No, not Witten. I think it was uh, Dallas Godair or, or oh, something, yeah. something like that. You know, or, no, Dalton Schultz. Dalton. Dalton. Oh, yeah, Schultz. Schultz. They had Schultz and they had Amari Cooper and they had, you know, C.D. Lamb and they had Gallup. And they like they had it on paper that like you look at that receiving corner, you go, you know what? That ain't half goddamn bad. And they really didn't get anywhere. What's changed? Okay, you've lost a few guys. You've added Brandon Cooks, but this isn't the Brandon Cooks from his days in New Orleans. 
You know, so you, you, he's not going to be a feature receiver. He's not going to be the guy that, you know, defensive gurus go up to in pregame a la Bill Belichick with Chad Johnson go, hey, we're giving you the night off. We're going to double team you all night. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to get that kind, kind of coverage. Is he a guy you can go to on a third down on a, maybe a slant route? Sure. But, like, is he the guy? No. So I think it's Dallas is going to have to rely heavily on their defense this season because just this offense, I just don't know where you're going to get production out of. This is going to be a weird comparison I'm going to make, but this is going to be much like the Baltimore Ravens of 2000. Okay. When you had the Ray Lewis defense that was lights out, fantastic on that side of the ball. And then on the offense, you really had a decent quarterback, not a great one. Yeah. And you had a stellar running game. Now that was Baltimore. Right. This is where I think Dallas is going to draw some comparisons. Dak, if he's healthy, is fine. He is he's great. But I think that they're going to be relying heavily on Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is going to be the literal pace car for how that offense gets rolling. I would have to agree. I don't think the expectations are that high on the wide receiver core no. at all. I think that they're going to be running Pollard and Deuce Vaughn one two one two, much like they had with Elliott, you know, when he was there. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a heavy run game. The only thing that I am very fearful, if I was a Cowboys fan, is that offensive line is not the offensive line of old. No, it's just getting old and getting hurt. And I know that they lost a a, a very key acquisition who went to Buffalo. I'm not trying to rub it in Dre's uh, nose there a little bit. I'll say, do, do tell. I have not heard about this. No, but when <laughs> when Connor went to Buffalo, that was a big gain for Buffalo. Oh, yeah. And that line I don't think has replaced him well, and I think that they have some people coming back from injury. And that's why I say if that offensive line can really get it together, I think they'll be fine. They're not better than Philadelphia. No. But that defense, if that defense plays consistently – and note the key word there, mm-hmm. they're going to give teams some problems. Yeah. They're a playoff team if that defense is playing to par. Yes. Like, even if that defense wobbles a few weeks, they're de- they're, they're still going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So it's all about keeping the defense healthy and then getting enough points. Like, And I, I like that analogy to the 2000 Ravens. All the offense has to do is get enough points that the defense can – so you're basically racing to 14 or 20. I can't remember what the, the Ravens used to say. It was, yeah, four, it was 14, I do believe, for the Ravens. So that's basically what you're doing in Dallas. If we could, if the offense can put 14 up, the defense will probably get at least seven on the board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're going to shut the other team down. You know, they're going to hold the other team to under 13. So that that can happen there. So that's what I – that's the way to success. But, Pad, what is the schedule for them, them Cowboys? So the Cowboys open up the regular season on the road playing the New York Giants. That one on Sunday Night Football. Uh, they open then they go week two on the road or excuse me they stay at home and play the New York Jets week three they're on the road playing the Arizona Cardinals week four they stay at home and play the New England Patriots week five they are on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers that one on Sunday Night Football uh, week six they're on the road playing the Los Angeles Chargers that one on Monday Night Football week seven they're on a bye week 
Week 8, they come back. They're at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Week 9, they're on the road playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Week 10, they're at home playing the New York Giants. Week 11, they're on the road playing the Carolina Panthers. Week 12, at home against the Washington Commanders. Uh, Week 13, they are at home playing the Seattle Seahawks. That one on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Week 14, at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. That one on Sunday Night Football. Week 15, on the road in Buffalo, December 17th, uh, just for you know, giving you some dates, uh, playing the Buffalo Bills. Week 16, on the road in Miami, playing the Dolphins. Uh, Week 17, at home against the Detroit Lions, that one on Monday Night Football. And then they close out the regular season on the road in Washington, playing the Commanders. I want to say that that is a a decent schedule. Here's the thing, and I want to make this a point before we even go any further in the NFC East. Last year, I feel like a lot of the reason why we had, you know, three teams out of the East going to the playoffs, obviously the Eagles with the winning division two uh, wildcard teams, was weaker scheduling. Yes. Mm. This year, you're not going to get that because you're playing against some solid teams because they're playing against the AFC East on top of everything else. Because if you notice, every one of those teams is playing against an AFC East yep. team. Mm-hmm. All of the AFC East teams. So that's the, that's who they drew this year. That's a tough division to play, especially when you're going on the road to Buffalo in December. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Good luck. Um, let's let's move on right in order, of course. Let's talk about them. I know Coach is listening. Yeah, now we can rub it in his Now nose. we can rub it in. It's them fo- New York football giants. And then here, let's, let's, I'm just going to open it up here. For all the talk that every year, and we live in New York State, so this might be mm. different than anywhere else. We have to hear, all, you know, for everybody who picks on the Cowboys for saying this is our year, if you live in the state of New York, you have to hear Giants fans do the same exact thing every year. And you know what? I love you, Giants fans. I have a place in my heart for you. But what in the hell was your team doing in this offseason? Mm-hmm. Danny Dimes? Danny Dimes is your franchise quarterback? Because yeah. he had a decent year last year? Decent by the standards of him? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I understand they weren't going to get a high enough draft pick to get somebody, but the money that they spent on him and almost lost Saquon Barkley over it? Yeah. And then even with that case, I mean, you're not going to get much for Saquon anyways. You know, if he did what, you know, there was no tradeability for him to begin with because he's on, you know, as a running back, that's some years on the legs, especially how the way he ran and he's had some injuries. Yeah. But uh, let's let's talk about them, uh, the Giants. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Do you know who he is? Nope. Yes. Pa- Paris Campbell, do you know who he is? Nope. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, do you know who he is? Nope. Wondell Robinson, do you know who he is? Nope. Um, that's your receiving core, ladies and gentlemen. Hodgins I know because he did have some some success late last season. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I know him from fantasy, so I would say like that is the only way I know him, but if you're asking if I'm game planning against him, no, I'm not. And then we'll see. Oh, sorry, Darius. I forgot Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. So Slayton, Slayton, I do know of, and I do know Sterling Shepard. I don't know why Sterling Shepard is 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 off to the side. So sorry, Giants fans. I didn't read their, your your roster is split in a weird way uh, on their depth chart from their own official website. Uh, tight end Darren Waller. Yeah. Listen, as a Raiders fan, I can tell you I was not upset when he went because you know what? He sat at home. Yeah. More than he played for the Vegas Raiders. And guess what? When he played last year, he got injured for the Giants, too. Yeah. Uh, he's a big injury-prone guy. And, I, and and there's people that are New York Giants fans that are like, oh, Darren Waller, we got the best thing. I mean, I had him in fantasy. Not, I don't think it was last year. One of the last couple of years, he didn't do anything sexy. No. His last great season was 2020. Yeah. And that's also where the injury started. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and that's coming from the fact that I have no ill will. It's fine. You know, I don't care if somebody goes anywhere else and makes money. It's not like he was a, that. The front line, it, let's be honest, the Giants' front line has been a problem 
for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And it ain't much better. Yeah. It ain't much better. They got they got they got two pieces, but it's not much better. They didn't go out and get anything sexy to, to hold the line down. And the defensive side of the ball, giving them credit. They have some good defensive players, but I don't think that they want their defense does not compare to the Eagles or the Cowboys just going with their own division. No. If you look at their defense and you know uh uh Thibodeau is is a great player, but he, one great player against both rosters who have like five or six apiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And and once again, this is not me crapping all over this team. It's just that I have to hear all the time how great the New York football Giants are. Oh, I know. Yeah. Last year, I'm going to say it to you Giants fans, last year was a fluke. I can't wait to talk about the schedule after these two guys give their opinions because you're going to really see how much of a nightmare scenario you have coming into this year because it's not going to be like last year where you're going to draw a bunch of easy teams and get a little bit more of a comfortable record. Mm. You ain't playing the bottom half. You ain't got the Texans on that schedule, brother. No. Uh, what's your thoughts about the team, Pad? I mean, they didn't. In honest, in all honesty, they didn't do anything for me. So, for again, using the line graph, you know, comparison, they really didn't do anything to move up or down. They're kind of the same, if not a half step to a step back. Daniel, I'm sorry, Daniel Jones. We're however many years into this experiment, he is not that guy. The fact that you went out and gave him a four year, whatever it was, eighty six, ninety six million dollar deal is asinine. Because I'm sorry, Duke is known more for basketball than they are for football. You know, did he have some success in college? Sure, but was Duke playing the perennial powerhouses of the college football system? No. So, of course, his numbers look sexy. He was better than everybody else. You know, and Saquon Barkley is good, but odds are you're going to lose him in the offseason because I think you only signed like a one-year deal or whatever it was. Mm, I do believe it was only one year. It was a one-year deal, and you and you got to wonder, he's probably still pretty pissed off. He won't say it, but he's still probably pretty pissed off about that and willing to go elsewhere because, hey, if you guys aren't going to pay me what I think I'm worth, somebody will. You And then the wide receiver core is nothing special. I'm sorry, I've never heard of any of these guys outside of, you know, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. You know, like, okay, I've heard of them. Are they striking fear me? And I'm going, yo, my fantasy draft, you know, that I got coming up, I'm, I'm taking those guys. Like, if I need a bench player late in the season for a bye week, I got to plug a hole. Sure. Am I going to form my entire offensive team around them? No. You know, the, and the defense is okay. You know, it's nothing sexy. It's nothing special. I agree with Rich. They got lucky last year with the way the schedule played out. But I don't think that they're going to have the same success this year because, in all honesty, teams are going to have, you know, the blueprint on what they did last year because, let's face it, you didn't do much to change. It's not, well, shit, they they changed all these offensive line guys and they changed all these weapons on offense. And we got to figure out how they're going to play together and we figure out how they're going to gel together. And, all oh, they changed the defense and we got to figure out how to get through because the same holes that were there last year aren't going to be this or there this year. No, none of that's the case. It's, it's copy and paste for the Giants. And once again, before you go, because I know that you can speak to this the best, Ken, that new coach smell is going to be gone this upcoming season. Exactly. The thing about the Giants is last year there was a lot of momentum with Brian Dabble coming as the head coach. And when you have Sheen as the GM, yeah, there's a lot of excitement to be had. But I think the big thing that they misfired on completely this season is you had areas that needed serious addressing and you did not do them. And I'm sorry. Daniel Jones is not the guy. As much as Giants fans want to drink the Kool-Aid and think that he is the next coming of Eli Manning, sorry, this is not happening. He's an adequate quarterback at best, but when you take a look around that division alone, uh-huh. he's arguably the fourth best. Yep. 
Maybe you could say that he's a step ahead of the commanders, but not by much. Saquon, they needed to lock up as much as it really pained them to do long-term, but bringing him back for one more year, either unless you're going to flip him for trade value, I don't know where you're going to go from here with that. Yeah. But your biggest problem has been the offensive line, which had no real sizzle to address. None. So that you have to look at it moving forward, and it's like, I'm sorry. I think the fact that you surprised a lot of teams early out of the gate last year, and we mm-hmm. have to emphasize that, it was mm-hmm. early. I think you're not going to have that opportunity. No. Sorry to rub it in everybody's nose. I, I hate saying rubbing in people's faces. I just say the nose. But it's the truth, and gotta I'm sorry. Honest. It's, it's got to be honest. It's I'm sorry. The fantasy is over this season for you guys, yep. unless you somehow find a time warp and, and you pull some magic out of the Eli era. You might, you might overachieve and get somewhere, but we're going to talk about the schedule in a second. I do want to point this out. Uh, my bold prediction on the year is that the, the Giants will be doing poorly by week seven. Uh-huh. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Brian Dabble doesn't uh, talk to some people that he formerly used to work for in a certain Western New York thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if Saquon Barkley doesn't end the season in a Bills jersey. Mm. As long as the Bills can come up with the money, which I think they can. Probably. Then remember when we were talking about not having a sexy running back? Mm-hmm. That could be the best case scenario for Saquon yeah. Barkley gets yeah. flipped to the Bills, and the Bills that would be a good piece for them. Yeah. I've said that before. If he would have held out long enough and not re-signed, the Bills should have spent all the money on the world on him because yeah. he's a cold. He's a cold back. Because think about it, he went to Penn State, yeah. So he likes the cold. Yeah, it's does. not like it's not like you're bringing in a warm, you know, a warm climate back. You you have a cold back. It's good. Yeah. So now let's let's hear about the schedule, Padawan Jay. Yeah. So they like I said uh, with Dallas, they open up the regular season against them on Sunday Night Football. Week two, they are on the road playing the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, week three, they're on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers. Week four, they're at home against the Seattle Seahawks. Week five, they're on the road playing the Miami Dolphins. Week six, they're on the road playing the Buffalo Bills. Week seven, they are at home playing the Washington Commanders. Week eight, they're at home playing the New York Jets. Week nine, they're on the road playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Week 10, they're on the road playing the Dallas Cowboys. Week 11, they're on the road playing the Washington Commanders. And then week 12, they're at home playing the New England Patriots. Get a bye week in week 13 before they come back in week uh, week 14 where they're at home against the Green Bay Packers. Week 15, they're on the road playing the New Orleans Saints. Week 16, on the road playing the Philadelphia Eagles. 17, they're at home against the Los Angeles Rams. And then week 18, they're at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. And depending upon which Vegas Raiders show up this year, they've that's the only gimme game they have. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Potentially. Washington, Potentially. maybe. Well, it depends. We're going to talk about Washington in a minute. I didn't want to blow that up, but Washington possibly. But if you think about it, outside of conference, or outside of division, I should say, sorry, uh, they the only one that they have is the Raiders. Yeah. And that's only if they go by route. If they go the route to Kenson, they might you know, play half-ass decent. Uh, then that's not even a gimme game either. I mean, let's be honest, Giants fans. I'm looking at your first five games. You'll be lucky if you get one win, and I think that one win could be against the Cardinals because because yeah. Ky- Kyler yeah, Murray's I, I not was gonna, I was going to point out the Cardinals could be another one that they could win, and they do get lucky that they're playing the Seahawks in New York. Yeah, because if you're playing in Seattle, yeah, there's that's, no chance. There's no chance you're winning. So they get lucky there. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Seahawks. I'm just saying they get lucky they're playing home. But they also have to play the New York Jets. Yeah, they have to play. You know, once again, you're and they go what the Jets. I do believe it was Jets and Bills back to back. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God, it's like Murderer's Row right now. It's going to be a rough season for them. Let's move on to the last team that we have to cover in the NFC East, though, because mm-hmm. I think we're we can get off the, the the New York Giants hate wagon. Yes, yeah. And we'll talk about the Washington Commanders. And you know what? I'm going to say this about the Commanders and be nice. 
It is nice that they have new ownership. Yes. Yeah. It is nice that there is, it looks like there's a commitment to trying to do something here. And they do have some really cool pieces. I don't think it's all there yet, but I do think that they have some really cool pieces. Uh, Sam Howell is as quarterback. I'm not completely sold on. They do have Jacoby Bursett as the second string quarterback. You know, so I think there's still going to be a quarterback issue. But last year, Brian Robinson Jr. did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's going to return to do a, a, a job. Uh, wide receiver core, you know, you got Scary Terry out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've always said Scary Terry deserves better, and he probably will leave when his contract's up. But, you know, yeah, at least you have him coming into this season. And I do believe it is his contract year. If not, it's the year after. So if this is a contract year, expect a lot out of Scary Terry because he's going to be trying to perform for his next suitor. Uh, Logan Thompson, uh, Thomas, no, I said Thompson. Logan Thomas is a adequate tight end. So it's like they have a good core of people, and they have a young line. This is a young team. And at the end of the day, I think they're still building. And I think with new, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, with new, and I mean this, with new ownership, that could be the biggest thing. Of course, Ron, uh, you know, Ron Rivera coming back, he's known to gamble. He is a good head coach. But here's the thing. On the offense, offensive side, having Eric Bieniemy is going to be what might, what might get this young squad a little further along. I'm not saying they're going to have a great record. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. But when you have Eric Bieniemy, who is the architect of everything that was done, pretty much, mm-hmm. in Kansas City. And I get it. There's talent there. It's not like you know Patrick Mahomes. Sure, but... but there is still something to that playbook and that play calling. That is a clutch piece that they added to the pie also looking at the defensive side of the ball you got jack del rio coming in as your defensive coordinator as well and uh, he knows a thing or two about being a defensive quarterback not a great head coach mm-hmm. but a defensive very solid very very solid and on the defensive side of the ball they have a good front front line you've got montez sweat darren Payne, jonathan allen and chase young as your front four that ain't bad that is a good front four mm-hmm. you know I, I they have some young kids that are going to be back in the secondary not too many names, household names, but you know what? If they get some playing time and Del Rio gets to work with them, and if you got Eric Bieniemy on the other side, this team is not going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to surprise some people with some wins this season. I'm mm-hmm. just going to throw that out there. Padawan Jay. I think this team is going to be real scrappy. Like you said, it's a young team. Sam Howell at the quarterback position. There's not a lot to go on him, you know, in the pro game. Uh, he was drafted in 2022 out of University of North Carolina. Uh, he's only played one game. That was against the. That was in 2022. That was against the, the Dallas Cowboys on January the 8th. Uh, you know where he went 11 and 19, 169, one touchdown, one uh, interception. So not a whole lot to go off of. But if you look at his college numbers, his college numbers are actually pretty good. But again, like I said with Daniel Jones, it's the ACC. So it's what are you really getting out of him? You know, uh, for his college years, he had for three years he had 10,283 passing yards. Uh, 92 touchdowns, 23 interceptions. So, like, on paper, that's not bad. But, again, ACC, so we'll see. You know, so I think this team is scrappy. The defense, like you said, is is real good. I can see them scrapping out some wins just because, let's face it, the shadow and the cloud that was Dan Snyder is gone. Mm -hmm. You know, all the nonsense, all the bullshit – you know, that was coming around in the news cycle with everything that was seeming the last couple of years. It was like every other week, something was coming out about some nonsense. He did gone out the window. If something comes out and you ask the players about it now, Hey, he's former ownership. We don't talk about that. We got, we're focused on what we're doing here. You know, so I think they're going to play motivated. I think they're going to want to play good for the new owners because, hey, we're going to have some owners who are actually invested in the team and give a you-know-what about this team and want to see us succeed and bring prestige back to the commanders because the commanders used to be a good team. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fans who root for the commanders because of how they used to play. 
And I think there's a chance that not this year, but next couple of years, they might be able to start clawing their way back. Potential. That is what this team has on the coaching side and on the field. Eric Benemy is the biggest offseason move that this team has done other than getting rid of Dan Snyder as an owner. And if you are doubting what he is capable of doing, mark my words, Sam Howell is going to play better than Daniel Jones this year. Because you have the guy that created the monster that is Patrick Mahomes. Because, sure, talent gets you on the field, but you need skill to stay there. What he is going to do with Howell in time, if he's allowed it, is really make him into a very good quarterback. That's and that's the, the thing. Level. That's the thing. The Washington fans have got to give this coaching staff is time. Well, th- things aren't going to change overnight. It's going to take maybe a couple of years to get the right pieces in there right. and the right system going. Oh no, exactly. But I think this season, it's going to be the emotion of Snyder gone. Yep. That is going to carry this team to win some games at home that they should not win. And I'm not saying we're talking playoffs, but I will say this. By the end of the season, we should see steps in the right direction. And then whatever happens next season, I think that's going to be the real tipping point of what the future of Washington is going to be. I I agree with you. I think by the end of the season, when they start showing the graphics of like who's in, who's close, and all that other nonsense, Mm -hmm. I think they'll be featured there. But they won't be in – like, they're, mathematically, they'll still be in it. But, like, they won't – Yeah, look, exactly. Looking at it, you know they won't get a, get a spot. But I think they could very well play spoiler for a couple of teams at the end of the year. And I'll say this. I could see them upsetting a Dallas on this, you know, in the series they split. Yeah. I could even see them upsetting Philly because we always say division games, you never know what could happen. And I think that depending on when their first home game is against a division rival, you might see – that emotion pour out because mm-hmm. that fan base is going to be loud and excited that a new era is starting. Yep. So I don't think they're expecting Super Bowl by any means. No. But if you can beat a rival, and especially like a primetime game, that is going to carry more than people think. Yeah. Speaking of schedule, let's talk about it. Yeah, so they open up the regular season at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Week two, they're on the road playing the Denver Broncos. And then week three, they're at home playing the Buffalo Bills. Week four, they're on the road playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And then week five, they're at home playing the Chicago Bears. That is on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Then week six, they're on the road playing the Atlanta Falcons. Week seven, on the road playing the New York Giants. Week eight, they're at home playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Week nine, they're on the road playing the New England Patriots. Week 10, they're on the road playing the Seattle Seahawks. Week 11, they're at home playing the New York Giants. Week 12, on the road playing the Dallas Cowboys. Week 13, at home against the Miami Dolphins. We've got a bye week in week 14, and then they come back week 15 on the road playing the Los Angeles Rams. 16, they're on the road playing the New York Jets. Week 17, they're at home playing the San Francisco 49ers. And then week 18, at home against the Dallas Cowboys. I will say this about that schedule, just thinking about it. The first six games, they could have three wins in those first Mm -hmm. six games. Uh Easily. Like, seriously. I mean, there's yeah. a couple tough ones. Buffalo comes to mind. Obviously, the Eagles is going to be a tough yep. one. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there's some, there's some uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. You know, yeah. we'll talk about them in a minute. But Atlanta, you got uh, Arizona, which yeah. we'll talk about a little later. I mean, there's winnable games at home for this squad. Yeah. yeah. Which could be really good. If they, could get, if they can get that home opener win against Arizona, 
you might get some momentum and you might see these guys go three or four wins in the beginning of the season, much to Ken's uh, uh, comments. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the future is bright for what they have going, and especially in what used to be the laughing stock of the NFL. I mean, let's be honest; the we, NFC we, least. it was the NFC least for for so long. There is at least hope for a, a good portion of the teams. Philly and Dallas are looking great. The Giants will have to see, and then Washington. I mean, there's there's always hope. Unlike the division we're going to go to next. Oh, yeah, we we have our, our division picks. picks. Oh, our division picks. Yeah, yeah. You know, seriously. Yeah, I was. Trust me, we did that yesterday, too. We tried to talk Ooh. about other divisions. <laughs> yeah, that's how excited we are to talk. So. Yes. Uh, so from the NFC East, I got the Philadelphia Eagles finishing in first place, Dallas Cowboys finishing in second place, the Washington Commanders coming in third place, and then the Dal- or the New York Giants excuse me, coming in last. Get out of my head pad, because that's exactly what I got. I got I'm, I'm going in the exact same order. Philadelphia, Dallas. The Commanders, that's right, squeaking mm-hmm. it in there. And the basement dwellers will be the Giants. And that has nothing to do with you know anything about living in the state of New York. It has all to do with, I think, the Commanders, A, have an easy start to the season, and B, I think they're going to pick up some wins uh, because they have a good coaching staff there. I'm, I'm in all – you're both sides. Like, seriously, that's my order too. I think that Washington is going to be the Giants of, of the season. I think they're going to surprise some people. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be enough to get them anywhere like in the postseason, but – at least there's hope to build off of. Yeah. Philly's going to be dominant. Dallas is going to be really good. The Giants, well, you know, it is what it is. They, they made their bed. Now they can lie in it. Yes. <laughs> so now we can switch divisions. Uh, and... Now we have to switch divisions because I, I think that this will probably be the shortest uh, breakdown of, of, uh, of yeah, teams yeah. as we go because we have to talk about, let's face it, the worst division in all of the, the National Football League. Yep. The yep. NFC South. Uh, so looking at this division standings from last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the division, although let's face it, somebody had to. Uh, they finished in first place, clinching a playoff spot with a record of 8-9. and nine. Carolina Panthers finished in second place when, with a record of 7-10. and 10. Uh, New Orleans Saints came in third place with a record of 7-10. and 10. And the Atlanta Falcons came in last place with a record of, you'll never believe it, 7-10. and 10. All right, well, let's listen because we have to talk about it. Let's start with the division winner last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So starting at quarterback in quarterback one slot, as as their depth chart on their website, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, they got Kyle Trask as his uh, backup, but Baker Mayfield is going to be your starter. To give credit, though, you do have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still. Mm-hmm. You know, and then two younger receivers in Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins. Uh, they mean they have more receivers than that, but those are your top, you know, tier ones. Right. Good stuff. Uh, Kate Otten and uh, Co. Kift will be splitting the, the duties at tight end mostly. And then uh, you, the line is the line. That yeah. line has yeah. been suspect ever since they lost uh, Tom Brady. And uh, Rashad White will be their running back Sean Tucker two Chase Edmonds three yeah so nobody's really striking fear in your heart Baker Mayfield doesn't strike fear in my heart at least he has receivers now right but he had receivers in Cleveland and well we saw how that went right exactly and then let's flip the side to the other side of the ball and yeah really nothing to write home about uh I I don't expect much (laughs) from once again this is the worst division in football I don't expect much from any team in it one team is going to win chances are, just like last season, they will have a losing record, Yeah, unfortunately. And that just means that a, a, one of the good teams from a better division is going to get bumped for this. And that's why I think the NFL needs to deal the way of the NHL. Agreed. Let's just go with the top seven teams, period. Do away with who cares about the divisions other than scheduling games. Yeah. Because honestly, 
Uh, this is this is why this this division and you know, just like when we talked about the AFC South, with the exception of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are on the upswing currently. A lot of those teams in the AFC South, although it is better than the the NFC South, granted, it's still a lot of suspect stuff. This is the worst division by far. Though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's not. Listen, Tampa Bay fans, I hope you enjoyed the last three years. You know, when you had Tom Brady there, you won the one Super Bowl, you made it to another one. You know, you had the unceremonious exit with the uh, other season there because it's back to what you some of. It's back to what the old uh, Tampa Bay fans knew in the bandwagon ones. Well, you better you better get used to it. Listen, Baker Mayfield is okay. He's not the guy, you know, and, and like Rich said, yeah, he's got guys to throw to, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But you think back to some of the receivers he had when he was in Cleveland, which on paper were like, you know what, that ain't bad. Well, how far did he get in the playoffs? Maybe the first round? I'm not going to look it up, but, you know, but maybe the first round, if he made it at all, he didn't make it far. So, yeah, Evans and Godwin are great, but, like, they got, it's Baker Mayfield. Like, is he scaring the shit out of me? No. Did he have a decent year with the Rams? Sure. But it wasn't anything sexy. And then defensively, I mean, listen, the only name I recognize on this defensive team is Shaquille Barrett. You know, so the defense isn't exactly scaring me. And, it t- and if this doesn't tell you anything you need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, before the th- Tom Brady's final season in Tampa Bay, they added 3,600 seats. Because demand was at such an all-time high for Tampa Bay Buccaneers football games, which, hey, understandably so. One year later, they've already removed those 3,600 seats. That, 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 I believe that, it. That, 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 uh, I'm reading from athleticbusiness.com. Quote, over the span of two seasons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have seen both supplies, both sides of supply and demand. The team has removed roughly 3,600 seats that had been added last year to accommodate demand for what was Tom Brady's third and ultimately final season as quarterback. So... Listen, it's going to be rough for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got lucky because you made it into the playoffs last year because, let's face it, as the way the NFL is currently set up, somebody has to win the division. You're not getting there this year. It's going to be ugly. They have jerseys. <laughs> That's They got a cool pirate ship. I mean, that. I mean, let's face it. I like the pirate ship. This, this team is bad. This You have Mike Evans in a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. Chris Godwin is coming back off an injury. That is your only bright spot on this team. Everything else, I just want to say to all those Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans that jumped on the bandwagon when Tom Brady showed up, uh, who's your team now? Keep that same energy. Yeah, have that same energy. When you guys were all in about TB12 and you're Buccaneers for life, where are you now? Because Baker is not the guy. Evans is in a contract here. Yeah, that's the only storyline going on here. They are going to be on the field, and they will play. Like, there's nothing worthwhile about this team. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. There's nothing here other than if you're playing fantasy, uh, go get Mike Evans because he's in a contract here. <laughs> also, also, I'm looking at Chris Godwin on Spotrack.com. He's in the second of his three-year contract, but there's a potential out after this year, so you could very well lose the both of them. And you're probably going to lose the both of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule, they open the regular season on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. Week two, they're at home against the Chicago Bears. Week three, they're at home against the Philadelphia Eagles, that one on Monday Night Football. Uh, week four, on the road playing the New Orleans Saints. 
Week five, bye week. Yikes. Uh, week six, they are at home against the Detroit Lions. Week seven, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Week eight, on the road, playing the Buffalo Bills. That one on Thursday night football. Uh, week nine, they're on the road, playing the Houston Texans. Week 10, at home against the Tennessee Titans. Week 11, on the road, playing the San Francisco 49ers. Week 12, on the road, playing the Indianapolis Colts. Week 13, uh, at home against the Carolina Panthers. 14, on the road, playing Atlanta. 15, they're on the road, playing Green Bay. Week 16, at home, playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. 17, at home against the New Orleans Saints. And then week 18, they are at home, or excuse me, on the road playing the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did. I, I, you know what? Because I didn't want to do this division, I totally tuned it out. So I'm just going to go in backwards order because I'm not going on the, the normal order. We're just going to go to the New Orleans Saints next because we have to talk about all these teams, right? Yep. yep. So uh, the New Orleans Saints. All right. Well, the big get they got is Derek Carr. Congratulations. Yes. As a Raiders fan, I can tell you that uh, everybody's like, oh, woe is Derek Carr. And he didn't have the opportunity. Um, his last season in, in, in Las Vegas. His starting receiving core when he was when he was playing was literally Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Amongst Zay Jones was still on the team at that point in juncture as well. He had a receiving core mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, and he did absolutely nothing with that receiving core. Okay, as a Raiders fan who I do not make excuses for the Raiders, I am telling you. They paid way too much for Derek Carr. Yes. But then again, it's Dennis Allen. And I know something about Dennis Allen also as a Raiders fan. And he's the head coach of this team, and he is completely and utterly just eh. They should have hired a way better coach, in my opinion. Uh, wide receiver style, they got Michael Thomas. But he's, let's be honest, he's got to be on the back nine of his career at this point, right? He has not played a full season since 20, 2019. He only played seven games in 2020, and then he, only, he did not play in 2021, and he played three games last year. They got Jamal Williams, not bad as uh, that, but yeah. there is bright sides for the Saints. Let's say he, if there's any bright spots, it's Jamal Williams, thousand yards rushing yes. with Detroit last year. Yes, there is. So that's what I'm saying. If there's any in the offense, it is Jamal Williams. However, on the defensive side, they have a decent back uh, secondary. I mean, you have the Honey Badger. Mm-hmm. You also have uh, Latimer. Uh, he's still doing big things out there. Uh, and then you have Marcus May, uh, also in the in their backfield. Like so, they have a good secondary. They're up front. Cam Jordan is great. Everybody else is going to have to try to play up to his standards, but at least they have a secondary. Yeah. So it's a little better than what Tampa Bay is bringing to the table is all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's not going to be a good year for the New Orleans Saints. Is Derek Carr better than Jameis Winston, the illustrious member of the 30-30 club? 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions? Yes. Uh, Christ, anyone in this room is about a better upgrade than Jameis Winston. You know, and the offense, listen, I mean, like we said, the upright spots, Jamal Williams, like we mentioned, I would not, having drafted Michael Thomas last year for fantasy, I would not trust him to carry my groceries inside the house from my car, you know, for as injured as he's been the last couple of years. So you cannot rely on him. You might get something out of Chris Olave, one of the other wide receivers there, entering his second year out of Ohio State University, a thousand yards receiving last year. So maybe he can build off of that and get some targets. You know, we'll see what happens. But the, you got the rest of them, you know, uh, Rashad Shahid one of the other wide receivers there uh, entering a second season out of Weber State. You know, he only had 488 yards last year, uh, only played in 12 games, so he must have been hurt for some of those. You know, so you got to figure he'll pick up some some uh, targets and whatnot. And then you got Jawan Johnson, their number one tight end there, who is in his fourth season. He had only had 508 yards, seven touchdowns last year. So, 
I mean, listen, for Derek Carr, you, you know, you got out of the Raiders organization, which, hey, congratulations to you. You got into New Orleans, which historically is a very offensive team. But in all honesty, if you just look at on paper who he had last year for the Raiders and who he's got on paper this year for the Saints, in all honesty, it feels like a step back for me. I'm not expecting a whole lot out of Derek Carr. And the defense, we'll see what we get. I'll give him another congratulations before I pass on to Ken because I know he'll love this one. And technically... You know, at, until games get played, you are technically the best quarterback in the uh, NFC South. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the uh, AFC West, uh, not so much. If New Orleans was in any other division, they'd be dead last. But they are in the worst division in football, so they're probably going to win this thing outright. Just because, out of like Rich touch, just touched upon, they have the best quarterback in this division. Take it for what it is. The wide receiving core is the only thing that's a saving grace here. Uh, Olive, a lot of people are I are talking about him as the next big thing as far as fantasy football goes. I could see it. And you know what? Carr's got to throw to somebody. So he's probably the best option. Other than that, I mean, this team is very solid, but it's not a team that strikes fear in the hearts of opponents. So I think they're going to be fine. They'll, it, they'll contend, but it's can they keep up with the opponents? Right. That's going to be the whole thing. But as far as their division, I mean, I think they can win the division, but that's... Somebody has to. That's not saying much. No. Uh, so looking at their schedule, they open up the regular season at home against the Tennessee Titans. Week two, they're on the road playing the Carolina Panthers. That one on Monday Night Football. Week three, they're on the road again playing the Green Bay Packers. Week four, they're at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week five, they're on the road playing the New England Patriots. Week six, they're back on the road playing the Houston Texans. Week seven, they're at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That one on the Thursday Night Football. Week eight, they're on the road playing the Indianapolis Colts. Week nine, at home against the Chicago Bears. Week 10, they're on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. Got a bye week in week 11. Uh, then they come back in week 12 on the road playing the Atlanta Falcons. Week 13, they're at home against the Detroit Lions, 14 at home against the Carolina Panthers, 15 they're at home against the New York Giants, week 16 they're on the road playing the Los Angeles Chargers, that one on Thursday Night Football, uh, week 17 they're on the road playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then week 18 they close out uh, at home playing the Atlanta Falcons. Week 2 on Monday night against Carolina? Wow, there's two reasons I can think of. Not the first obvious one is they want to see the the number one draft pick on prime time. Yeah, yeah. But, but the other one is maybe maybe Tony Khan should be worried. Maybe the NFL is siding <laughs> with the WWE and trying to give them easy games on Mondays. <laughs> woo, that one's a terrible game. Well, yeah. Speaking uh, of Carolina, I was gonna say we're gonna go on to Carolina. Speaking of which, the number one pick in the draft, Bryce Young, is starting at quarterback. He's yeah. QB one. Although Andy Dalton is sitting behind him, I know you got love for your the heart goat. for him. And 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 here's where I'm gonna say. This could really be a good thing because uh, Andy likes to teach and he can probably teach this young kid some things. That's why I said pump your brakes maybe on uh, just being bad enough to win. This Carolina team in a bad division, depending upon what Bryce Young can do in his rookie season, might have a shot of winning this division. Not because of anything great because the division is terrible mm-hmm. and he might be the best quarterback in it because unseen. That's why when I made the comment about Carr, I said that we know of now. Yeah. Uh, but here's the problem. Here comes the problem. Not much in the way of uh, a receiving core around him. Uh, DJ Chark Jr., uh, Adam Thielen, and Jonathan Mingo are the uh, top three. And then they have uh, two tight end set and Ian Thomas and Hayden Hurst. Uh, in the running backs position, though, they have Miles Sanders. Yeah, 1,000 yards so last year. He had 1,000 yards last year, and that's always good. And uh, uh, they also have Chuba Hubbard and Raheem Blackshear, who is also a great returner. 
and he's on the returns. But uh, so that's their running back core. Now the uh, the second half of this is the the defense. There's nobody really too too sexy on the defense. They have a few people. Uh, I'm looking at their cornerbacks: J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson. Uh, they they're pretty good. They have Xavier Woods, but not that Xavier Woods. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know, for just for me, you know, Shaq Thompson at linebacker. That'll be that'll be pretty decent. And Deshaun Williams at D end. So they do have some guys on defense in this division. Eh, their defense might be the best defense, just because. You know, the, the rest Reasons. of the division sucks. Yeah. Pad? Uh, so looking at the Carolina Panthers, listen, you know, you got at least you got a bright spot with Bryce Young. You'll, you'll, you'll see what you get out of him, you know, so that'll be good for Panthers fans. Miles Sanders is a good addition. Like we mentioned uh, with Philly last year, 1,269 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns. Uh, also had you know, a couple of receiving yards, 78 receiving yards. But, you know, he's, he's got 900, almost 1,000 yards receiving for his career. So that's definitely a good addition. Adam Thielen, listen, I know there are going to be some folks in Carolina who are super excited for this pick because he was great in Minnesota. But you got to remember who was on the other side of the field at wide receiver in Minnesota for at least a couple of those years. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson draws a lot of coverage, which uh, thereby leaves Adam Thielen open. But, I mean, you look at his last couple of years with Minnesota. He had 716 yards receiving last year, six touchdowns. Year prior, 726 and 10. Uh, and then in 2020, 925 and 14. So it's been going down ever since. He has not cracked 1,000 yards receiving since 2018. And even then, he only had uh, nine touchdowns. So we'll see what you get out of him. Would I expect some sort of like Pro Bowl, first team offense, you know, whatever accolades? No. Will he get you some targets? Sure. But what you're going to get out of him, you know, you're not entirely sure. Like Rich mentioned, they had a DJ. They got DJ Chark Jr., uh, who was with Detroit last year. Prior to that, he was in Jacksonville for four seasons. He's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 500 yards receiving last year, only three touchdowns. He cracked actually a thousand yards with Jacksonville in 2019. So you might have something there. Young quarterback, young young receiver. You know, he's only 26 years old, so you might have a good connection there. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, the, uh, the other wide receiver. There, not much to go on him because hey, he's a rookie this year, drafted out of Ole Miss uh, for his career at Ole Miss. He had one. 1,758 yards receiving, 12 touchdowns. So we'll see what you get out of there. Again, young receiver, young quarterback. Uh, and then the tight end there we mentioned, uh, Hayden Hurst in, coming out of uh, South Carolina uh, in his uh, was his fifth year. He bounced around a little bit. Baltimore for two years, Atlanta for two years, Cincinnati last year. Never done anything special. His, num- his uh, most yards receiving in a season was with uh, Atlanta in 2020, 571-6. He did 414-2 last year. You know, so I think he's going to be primarily, you know, a blocking tight end. He's not going to be in in the Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski style of like, oh, yeah, just send him downfield, have him bump into guys and just catch balls, you know, throw him from the quarterback there. So we'll see what you get out of the offense. Is there some promise? Yeah, there might be, you know, depending on how things go and depending on how Bryce Young uh, develops. Defensively, I mean, listen, this defense ain't going to win you any games. You know, there, there are definitely some holes. There are definitely a lot of question marks for me. You know, there's not one guy I'm looking at going, yep, that's the leader. That's the captain. That's the guy that, you know, like the Patriots, Gerard Mayo, for all those years. With You know, now he's a defensive uh, assistant with the Patriots. You know, would sit there and go, yeah, hey, I see this. You know, we got audible into this. There's nobody on that team really striking me doing this. So Carolina will scrap and get in some games because I think some of their opponents might underestimate them, but I wouldn't expect greatness this year. What college did Bryce Young go to? Uh, Ohio State, was it? I forget. It was Ohio State. Or the Ohio State. Oh, right, yeah. So there at least is that chance, per se. Mm -hmm. 
No, he went to Alabama. Oh, he oh, went to Alabama? Oh, yeah. Alabama. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bryce Young did. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, C.J. Yeah. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. 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 That's right. I have Stroud on the brain. Sorry. Yeah, because. So he went to Bama. Because I was, I'm going to say this. Knowing the track record of Alabama quarterbacks that come mm. into the NFL, mm-hmm. the odds are not in his favor. And then you take a look at the rest of the roster, and I'm going to say this. Carolina is the new Arizona. This is where players go when it's on the back end of the career. Yeah. It is what it is, folks. Uh, listen, could they surprise some people? Yeah. And could we get something out of Bryce Young? Maybe. But then again, and I have said this since the origin of this podcast and even beforehand, if I was starting quarterback at Alabama with that offensive line, I could probably put up those numbers as well. So is this kid the real deal? We're going to find out, but at least he plays in a weak division that he might get some success early. If there's anything Carolina Panthers fans should look out for, because I'm looking at the Panthers head coaches because I couldn't tell you outside of Frank Reich who their coaches are. Uh, Thomas Brown's their offensive coordinator, which never heard of that guy. Uh, Giro Evero is their defensive coordinator, though. But the one you want to keep an eye out for is those defensive backs because being a rookie coach in the NFL or you know whatever, uh, the assistant defensive back coach, D'Angelo Hall. Mm, oh, that's interesting. Good, so, close. hey, keep your eye out on the Carolina defensive backs. Well, let's say that might be the only saving grace in this week division. But, I mean, with Frank Reich as the head coach, I mean, Young should do okay. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, if you're asking me right now, do I think they're better than New Orleans? No. But we'll have to wait and see. By, by the way, that we showed why we do a pro football <laughs> look for, not a college football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like uh, college football, that exists? Well, that's, that's the whole thing. Because, I mean, with, with how those – Divisions jump all over the place, and you never yeah, know who's playing in what conference. I, I'm, just, I, I, yeah. I, I'm openly admitted that I'm not a huge college football fan. Right. I just know if, if they come from Alabama, sure, they do have a great college career, but very few Depends times on where they go. does that ever transfer in the pros. Well, I also I also look at it like this. You can have the most amazing college career of all time. Yeah. You've seen plenty of them, and yeah. you come to the pros, and you ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. Matt I mean, Liner comes to mind. Yeah, Matt Liner comes to mind. There's a lot of guys. Mark Sanchez comes to mind. Yeah. Tim Tebow comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, but here on the other end of it, you had Tom Brady, probably the greatest quarterback of all time, and he was second string at the University of Notre Dame. I think Michigan. That's a high, or Michigan. No, I thought he was Michigan. Mi- Michigan. Was, yeah. See, University, once again, University I don't do that. But he, I know he wasn't a starter. Yeah, yeah, and well, and he was such a he was such a no name that when he came in the NFL, that the first year he was in Madden, he wasn't even officially listed in Madden. He was just QB QB number twelve. Yep, they didn't even have his name in the game. Yeah, that should tell you something. But what do we got for a schedule for these? Uh... Yeah, so uh, looking at the Carolina Panthers and their schedule, they open up the regular season on the road playing the Atlanta Falcons. Week two, they come back and play the New Orleans Saints. That one on Monday Night Football, as I mentioned. Week three, they're on the road playing the Seattle Seahawks. Week four, at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Week five, uh, on the road playing the Detroit Lions. Week six, they're on the road playing the Miami Dolphins. They've got a bye week in week seven and then come back week eight and play the Houston Texans at home. They stay at home week nine to play the Indianapolis. Colts. Week 10, they're on the road playing the Chicago Bears. That one on Thursday Night Football. Uh, week 11, they're at home playing the Dallas Cowboys. Week 12, on the road playing the Tennessee Titans. Back on the road for Week 13 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then they stay on the road for Week 14 playing the New Orleans Saints on the road. Uh, come back home for week 15 against the Atlanta Falcons, and then they stay at home for week 16 against the Green Bay Packers. Back on the road for week 17 for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they close out the regular season at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, well there's that. Yeah. All right, so we got one last team, and uh, I love your guys' gimmick this. Of course, it's the Atlanta Falcons, and who is Atlanta? What is Atlanta? Uh, listen, uh, before I even get into anything, I want to make this perfectly clear. Currently speaking, and I checked their injury report just to make sure, mm-hmm. they do not have a left guard listed on their depth chart. <laughs> 
They also only have two left tackles, one right guard, one right tackle, and two centers listed. So I don't think they're fielding a full team somehow. I don't doubt it. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. It's Atlanta. We broke their spirits years ago. Yeah, but do you see that in the depth chart? Just to confirm, this is from Atlanta Falcons depth chart. Uh, I'm looking at the one on ESPN. ESPN's got Matthew Bergeron. No, I'm not sure if there's any relation to Tom Bergeron. I don't know. Uh, he's not on the official one from their website. Yeah, I'm, I'm on their website. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at ESPN. ESPN's got Matthew Bergeron. Okay. Because okay. their because their second string is Matthew Matt Hennessy. He is listed as IR. Okay. Well, uh, I, like I said, I'm on their actual. Just to confirm, yeah, I'm yes. on the the Falcons one, and it's not there. So thankfully, they have somebody, but uh, they should probably update their website. I shouldn't talk about updating websites though. Uh, QB Desmond Ritter. Eh, nobody cares. Uh, Drake London, Scotty Miller, uh, basically Mark Hollins, Cadrell Hodge. Those are your wide receivers. They do not have a starting running back because they have a J slot for Cordell Patterson. I think that's the only thing they really have now. Kyle Pitts has a tight end. Uh, They lost Pittman, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like, uh, if, if Ritter doesn't work though, you have uh, Taylor Henke and says your backup. That's good. Right. Former commander. Uh, anyways, defensive side of the ball. Once again, they don't have people listed on, on this one for their outside linebacker or D line, uh, for, for first string as well. And, uh, yeah, I don't see anybody jumping out at me. So I'm just going to say, you said that Carolina's where the careers go to die. I feel like careers just go to die at Atlanta. That's it. Like, I don't even know if they're trying anymore. Atlanta, like, honestly, just looking at this roster there, I don't think they're trying. Atlanta's a uh, Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just someplace mythical that people go and we just never hear from again. So that's why yeah. I say, like, at least Arizona, I do know where people are. But, I mean, Pat, I'll let you jump in here before I get ranting. I mean, listen, Desmond Ritter, we got to, we got to see. He only played four games last year, uh, had 708 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's really not much to go off of. So we'll see what happens when he's got a first full season. Uh, on the flip side, though, listen, you got Drake London there, who was supposed to be this big receiver, the huge get for Atlanta to go along with Kyle Pitts. And he had an okay season last year, 866 yards, four touchdowns. Not exactly the production you would have expected out of, you know, the eighth overall pick in last year's draft last year, 2022. So, you know, you hope to see something better out of him. And then you got Kyle Pitts is still there. All You know, he had a great rookie season, uh, over a thousand yards receiving, but one touchdown. You know, and then last year uh, was hurt for a little bit. So he only played 10 games, but he had uh, 356 yards receiving and two touchdowns. So not exactly the offensive production you would have seen, but, well, you look at who the uh, quarterbacks have been in Atlanta the last couple of years, and, well, it's not exactly striking fear into anyone. The one bright spot I will say they do have is they drafted Bijan Robinson out of uh, Texas uh, this past uh, in this draft uh, this past year, you know, eighth overall pick. Had some decent numbers at Texas. You know, 1,000 yards is uh, sophomore season. 1,000 yards is junior season. He had uh, 33 overall touchdowns in the three seasons he played. So you might get something out of that, but who's to say? In the immortal words of Cowboy James Storm, sorry about his damn luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's like we said for the last couple of years. Atlanta, it's nothing really to write home about. We've said you should, you know, rip that team down to the, you know, the studs and the nuts and bolts and re- build entirely and that appears to be what they're doing but yikes it ain't getting any better for fantasy football reasons yeah there's a lot to be excited for but i live in reality so there is nothing to be really amped up about here but do not get too excited because cordell patterson is out injured mm-hmm. uh in the first weeks so. yeah. yeah i mean Bijan robinson has been the hot pick on fantasy that's true so right? but we 
we also have to realize, I mean, Atlanta has to run the ball somehow. So if you're expecting him to carry you to a championship, I pump the brakes a little bit till we actually see what we get out of this team. Ritter, I think, will be okay. But then again, it goes back to this is the weakest division in all the NFL. Yep. So people are going to look really good with their stats by the end of the season, but you also have to look at the quality of competition. Sorry, it's severely lacking here. And then you take a look at his wide receiver core. I mean, Scott Miller is all right. You have Drake London, who they took in a first-round pick last or two seasons ago. What has he really done? Not much. Matt Collins, you know him from Vegas, is a solid receiver, and he's somebody that if you throw the ball anywhere near him, he usually catches. But is he the greatest route runner? Debatable. And then Kyle Pitts, I mean, has been the heir apparent to Tony Gonzalez as the fantasy tight end dream and it's, it's just been a nightmare with him because he's just been very inconsistent about getting the ball. Well, that's because you have to have somebody to get him the ball. Yeah, and that's the problem. Atlanta, I mean, Ritter could? Question mark. We talked Edwards. about that yesterday. You can't throw yourself the ball. Yeah. Or can you? Yeah. yeah. But somebody, this, somebody did that. I forget who it was. Yeah, yeah, but with this team, like I say, if you're playing fantasy football, there, there's a lot of – Upside, but late in the late in the draft, and yeah, as a fill spot. But other, than, but speaking as somebody who took Kyle Pitts last year, but that's why I say, like, on. But in reality, this team is not good. No, they're not, and they are why we always say, "Who is Atlanta? What is Atlanta?" By the way, I finally got my positive thing before you give the schedule. They have snazzy jerseys. I do like their team. Their their, their colors, jerseys their are jerseys, good. Their especially jer- the city ones. Their jerseys are nice, and they have the best stadium pricing for food in the NFL. Fan-friendly pricing. Ready for this? They also have the best ticket prices because they're so bad that literally, I do believe last season you could get games, you could get tickets to their games for like 13 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to, the, uh, I've got the schedule in front of me in, uh, for ESPN. Uh, for the week one game, uh, you can get tickets as low as $42. All right, that's going to go down. Like I said, by the end of the season, they were like 13 last year. So 42 for opening week, that's super low in the NFL. Yeah, it is. Meanwhile, you know, you got other teams that are like, 400, 500, mm. and that's the nosebleeds. Yeah. Uh, so looking at the uh, Atlanta Falcons' schedule, they open up the regular season against the Carolina Panthers at home. Week two, they stay at home and play the Green Bay Packers. Week three, they're on the road playing the Detroit Lions. Week four, they are on the road. I believe that one is one of the ones over in England. Uh, they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that one special start time of 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and then week five, they've got the Houston Texans at home. Uh, week six, they're at home against the Washington Commanders. Week seven, they're on the road playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week eight, they're on the road playing the Tennessee Titans. Week nine, they're at home up against the Minnesota Vikings. Week 10, they're on the road playing the Arizona Cardinals. By week and week 11, then, then week 12, they've got the New Orleans Saints at home. They go on the road to play the Jets in week 13. Week 14, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. And then they are on the road playing the Carolina Panthers in week 15. 16, they are at home playing the Indianapolis Colts. And then week 17, they're on the road playing the Chicago Bears. And they close out the regular season on the road playing the New Orleans Saints. I will say this. They did throw Tony Khan a bone after all. They gave him the Falcons mm. in England. Yeah. That's 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 a pretty good gift. That's going to be one of those college scores. That's going to be one of those 87 and nothings. Probably. That's a, that's a fantasy <laughs> football dream right there. Trevor Lawrence is going to carve them up. And by the way, that's is that the I, – I, we'd have to look, but that's that, that, if that's the second week – that the Jacksonville Jaguars are in, in England back to back, and that could be even worse. Yes, because <laughs> then they're not even jet lagged. Yep, <laughs> they can only hope it's week one. Uh, yeah. So let us pick a winner of this division. I'm not picking orders of this division. No, I, I don't have it in me. Okay, well, just who you got winning? I'm just gonna say the Carolina Panthers because my mother-in-law likes them. 
I'm, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna say this. I'm looking at the current AP top 25 rankings for college football. I'm looking at the top 12. You know, Georgia, Michigan, ban- <laughs> Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, USC, Penn State, Washington, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Texas, Utah, and Oregon. Never mention the fact LSU's 14. Those top 14 teams could whoop the shit out of every team in this division. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Colorado and Deion Sanders could whoop the shit out of this this division. I bet you they can. Yeah, absolutely. Back to back, four games in a row, no fucking sleep. This division is fucking god awful. I'm not picking teams either because hey, let's face it, they're all gonna suck. They're all this whole division. I will say this: this whole division is gonna finish below 500 again this year. And I think, in fact, you won't see three teams tie for the same goddamn record. They're gonna they're gonna get worse for three of these teams. But I think if I had to pick one, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Reasons. So that being said, hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. We gave you the NFC East. We gave you the NFC South. Let us know what you thought about our picks. We definitely want to hear yours. We're going to come back and talk the NFC West and the NFC North on this special edition of the ODPH Podcast NFL Preview. Do you like comic books? What about movies and TV shows? Well, we may be the show for you. We're Hops Geek News, a weekly podcast that discusses comics, movies, and TV shows while featuring a beer of the week. Every week we chat about what we messed up on the week before, and then we dive into what we're reading and watching, as well as some news. We then wrap it up with a geek-themed topic of the week. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching Hops Geek News. Cheers. Cheers. Coming back for the second half of this NFL-NFC preview edition of the ODPH Podcast with Rich from 3FN in the house. We talked about the NFC East and we talked about the NFC South, unfortunately, last segment. So let's cleanse the palate and talk about one of the better divisions and one that might surprise some people this season, the NFC North. Yeah, so looking at the standings from last year, you had the Minnesota Vikings win the division uh, win with a record of 13-4. and four. Detroit finished in second place with a record of 9-8. and eight. Green Bay Packers came in third place with a record of 8-9. and nine. And the Chicago Bears came in last place with a record of 3-14. and 14. You know, uh, it's... It, Good division. This is going to be a good division this year. I mm. just want to throw that out there before we even get started. So thank you for the palate cleanser. Uh, let's start off with the number one team from last year, and that, of course, would be the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins still, the man who somehow weasels his way into more deals and money than anybody. But let's give him credit. Yes. He actually can play football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is actually one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I would say he's definitely in the top ten of the league. Honestly, yeah. if you think about it, towards the ten, not towards one. Yeah, I was going to say, but I would say he's top near 10. the lower half. He's, yes, he's I definitely, can see that. but he's definitely in that top ten conversation. You like that? Ooh. Next up, uh, we got running backs. Nothing sexy here. We got Alexander uh, Matson, who's is, who's good. Ty Chandler uh, and Miles Gaskin, but that's not the sexy part of this team. No, it's not. They got the best receiver in the NFL. Arguably, and Justin Jefferson. They also have Jalen Naylor, uh, KJ. Art Osborne, Jordan Addison, and they added Brandon Powell. And guess what? At tight end, <laughs> they got one of the best tight ends in the league, too, TJ Hawkinson, which how that deal went down last year, I have n- zero clue. Yeah. Zero clue why you would trade one of the best tight ends in the league to a division rival in the middle of a season. But yeah, Detroit does weird stuff. And uh, as much as me and Ken love Detroit, mm-hmm. we'll get that in a minute. They do weird stuff. Uh, their line is decent because obviously that's one of the things that carried them through last year and some big wins, including, unfortunately, against the Ken's Buffalo Bills. True. Uh, and that, that offensive line is a big part of it. Uh, the one part that they're a little lacking on is defensive. 
Yeah. Uh, they are a shootout team, ladies mm. and gentlemen. And there is nobody still to this day that, that drives fear in my heart on their defense. Uh, they didn't really make it any better. It didn't get much worse, though, to be, to be fair. But uh, this is a team that if you get a shootout with them, their offense can beat you. Uh, the only thing that uh, you can hope to get into is uh, the shootout and just have a better defense and hopefully hold them to less points. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be a serviceable team. They're going to be in the top of the, uh, the AFC North, or AFC, the NFC North once again. I'm going back to the better conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to be in the top half of the NFC North. So, uh, yeah, I can't say anything really too bad or really great about them. They're just kind of stayed at the same level. Offensively, they should be fine. Cousins is serviceable. You know, he's not the greatest quarterback of all time, but he, he gets the job done for you. Running back, yeah, a little to be desired, but you know what? Some could develop over the course of the season. You're all, you're perfectly set with Justin Jefferson. It's going to be interesting to see what they have with Jordan uh, Addison, who they drafted in the 23rd overall pick this year from USC. Uh, looking at his numbers in college, 33,134 yards receiving, spent two years at Pittsburgh, while last season at USC, uh, University of Southern California. Uh, and he's got 20 he had 29 career uh touchdowns in college so okay numbers nothing real sexy but we'll see what we get uh they got kj osborne their receiver as you mentioned never done anything real special uh drafted uh three years ago out of the university of miami in the fifth round 600 yards receiving his rookie season uh and then 600 plus receiving yards last year you know 12 touchdowns for his career so not really expecting much but you know he might get one of these guys might get the adam thielen treatment that hey listen justin jefferson's gonna get drawn a lot of coverage. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to be open. It's going to be one of you two, so we'll see if they benefit from that. So offensively, they should be fine. And TJ Hawkinson, great tight end there. You know, the line does what they need to. Nothing special. But like you said, with this defense, I'm looking at the names on defense. I don't really recognize anybody in this defense. I'm looking like, okay, yeah, that's the guy, you know, whatever. So, and I mean, looking at their schedule from last year, you know, the lowest point total they gave they gave up was uh, seven points, and they did it twice. Week one against Green Bay, and then week two against the Philadelphia Eagles. Every other game they had last season that they gave up, double digits. So this defense is not going to this, – this is a shootout team. It's like the game we saw against uh, last year where whoever – I forget who they were playing, but it was a shootout. It went to overtime. It was it was batshit crazy bonkers, you know. But it's going to be the offense who wins them the, these games, and we're going to see if Kirk Cousins can do it. Did he do it last year? Yeah, he did in certain spots, but, you know, somebody's got to win this division. Flip a coin because that's what team you get. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's awful. That is true. Even with Justin Jefferson on this roster, Kirk Cousins is arguably the most inconsistent player in the NFL at his position. Facts. If he was the quarterback of the L.A. Chargers, it would be like the perfect fit. I I said it. I'm sorry. It's the truth, though. Cousins has all the ability in the world, and it just depends if you tick him off enough that he gets motivated enough to really take it up a notch. Mm -hmm. They lost Alvin Cook. Madsen is not the worst replacement for him. You still have Justin Jefferson, so that covers up a lot. Jordan Addison is going to be a big X factor. I know they drafted him in the first round, and obviously you you got to throw somebody else the ball other than Jefferson because he's going to be triple team most of the games he's in. Pretty much. TJ Hawkinson is the big X factor because much as we talked about, Kyle Pitts was supposed to be the dream fantasy football player. Hawkinson is the legit real deal right? because Cousins has to throw to somebody. And like we said, this team is not going to be running the ball a lot. Minnesota likes them there, tight end uh, for checkdowns. Mm-hmm. So Hawkinson should be fine. And Kyle, he's, Kyle Rudolph did it for years. Exactly. So he has a bright future there. Can they win in this division? Absolutely. 
Are they going to make a deep run? Eh, debatable. Probably not. But you know what? They'll be fun to watch, and that's a good thing, especially when they're on offense. Defense, it's not going to be unless you could go like, oh, can they make a stop now? Because let's face it, this team is not good on that side of the ball. But there's a lot to be enjoying, especially if they're against a Kansas City or a Buffalo that's a high-powered offense because, you know what, you put up some points and everybody likes to see everybody score. Right. Uh, so looking at their schedule for this upcoming season, they open up the regular season at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week two, they're on the road playing the Philadelphia Eagles, that one on Thursday Night Football. Week three, at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Week four, on the road playing the Carolina Panthers. <clears throat> week five, they are uh, at home playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Week six, on the road playing the Chicago Bears. Uh, week seven, they are at home playing the San Francisco 49ers, that one on Monday Night Football. They, they come back week eight on the road playing the Green Bay Packers. Week nine, they're on the road playing the Atlanta Falcons. Week 10, they're at home playing the New Orleans Saints. Week 11, uh, they're on the road playing the Denver Broncos, that one on Sunday Night Football. Week 12, they're on Monday Night Football playing the Chicago Bears. Week 13, they're on a bye. 14, they're uh, on the road playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Week 15, they're on the road playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Week 16, they are at home playing the Detroit Lions. 17, at home playing the Green Bay Packers. And then they close out the regular season, week 18, on the road playing those Detroit Lions. Wow, three division games in a row. Yeah, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. That's a rough draw. Uh, the hard to schedule, too, in the North. They, they're playing some good, good teams out there. Yeah. All right, let's go to the second place team and a team that me and uh, Ken like to talk about. Let's go. Detroit, what? Detroit Leones. Uh, listen, man, this is the team that we championed last year and picked that they were going to have a playoff spot. Yes, we did. And they did not disappoint. They were a good team. Finally, they did something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they did They did lose DeAndre Swift, which we talked about before. But the reason why they felt comfortable with that was because David Montgomery did such a great job last year. I'm assuming that's why they felt comfortable letting Swift just go and go away. Not saying that that's a good move because Swift is an amazing player and uh, he will be missed here. But Jared Goff, you know, for as much crap as Jared Goff gets, he's he's a he's a more than serviceable quarterback and he's been coming along pretty well in uh, Detroit. Uh, this wide receiver core is pretty awesome. Marvin Jones Jr., Amon Ra St. Brown, who can take over games and we've seen him take over games. And then also uh, on the wide receiver three, Josh Reynolds. And uh, Brock Wright is your tight end. So they have some they have some young talent out there. They're looking good on that offensive side of the ball. But let's be honest, where they're, they've improved the most and where they keep putting their chips, and I'm happy that they are, mm-hmm. is on the defensive side. Yes. And this defense has gotten even better for, than from last year. Uh, here's the front four. Charles Harris, Alum McNeil. Isaiah Bugs and Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. That is a hell of a front four. Then you have Derek Barnes, Alec uh, Azalone, and your linebacker core. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Jerry Jacobs and Cam Sutton as your quarterbacks. This is they got a depth. They're they're building depth on this defense. Some of them are young. There's still some young players. There's a couple rookies on that defense. But you know what? They're building quite the defense. The defense was decent last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was only a couple t- times where they really dropped the ball, if you will. Uh, one of them was in a shootout against Minnesota. Yeah. But then again, it was a shootout against Minnesota. And uh, but on t- you know. Overall, I think this is a better defense than last year, and I think the offense is moving in the right direction as well. I think this could be another great season for the Detroit Lions moving forward. 
This season should, like, I agree with you. This season should be good for Detroit. Jared Goff is good, and God forbid something goes wrong with him. They got Teddy Bridgewater as a backup, so that's yeah. not, not, not a bad backup. You know, running backs, we'll see what we get. You know, David Montgomery coming from Chicago, where he played his entire career. You know, 1,000 yards rushing in 2020 last year. He had 801 and five touchdowns. So, yeah, they did get the rookie, though, out of, uh, where is it? There it is, uh, University of Alabama, uh, Jameer Gibbs uh, mm-hmm. was the 12th overall pick. Uh, you know, last year, so he, uh, for his career, he's has 2,132 yards rushing, 15 touchdowns receiving. He's got 1,217 yards receiving and eight touchdowns. So this guy could be a legit dual threat back, get in the open field, make some catches, run through the mouth of the defense. So we'll see what we get out of there. Uh, historically, running backs in Detroit, a lot of success. Uh, defensively, this defense is going to win them a lot of games. They're very deep at the defensive position. I'm looking at their defense. You know, they've got a, about six positions that go through, uh, five positions that they go three deep one that goes four deep you know so they're very deep they're very threatening and i'm expecting a lot of good things uh, out of this detroit team they should make the playoffs and you know what i could honestly see them if you know the game go goes their way you know bounces in their favor they could make maybe a little bit of a run i'm not saying super bowl but mm-hmm. they could at least win a playoff game this team is fun to watch i'm all in about this i mean obviously it's it's bill's mafia all day every day but this team is exciting, and they have a certain swagger that I love seeing because they know that, yeah, everybody picks against them, and yet they still play hard for their head coach, Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. And they never gave up. The only thing with the swagger, though, is they need to learn how to close because you can't talk a lot, you can't have that big energy and not close. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that has hurt this team. And let's face it, if they did not lose a few games early in the season last year, they would have been in the playoffs easy. It would have been a no-brainer. And then, you know what, I think a lot of teams, including Philadelphia, would have been a little scared just putting it out there. But I do love what this team is bringing. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be huge for this offense. He's going to be a monster. Yeah, I think that this is the perfect compliment to Jared Goff, who, let's face it, since leaving the Rams, has a little chip on his shoulder. Sure. But it's much like in a weird sense of Matt Stafford when he was there. Yes. Because there's something about Detroit that either you really embrace the city and embrace the hard work that comes with that city, or you just really flame out quick. Mm -hmm. And he has been somebody that came in, obviously, being the franchise player for the L.A. Rams for you know quite some time. Now is in Detroit. People wrote him off. He has an offense around him that is very, very slept on. And is putting up points, big points. Yeah, they are. They remind me a lot of the Kurt Warner Rams oh. to a certain degree. Okay, I mean, obviously, it's not the same thing with Marshall Falk and Tory Holt, right? But it's kind of like the same way when I watch them play. The offense is just that damn exciting. But they have a solid defense that is getting healthier and younger, and especially with Aiden Hutchinson leading that. I tell you what, I'm already going to spoil the lead. They're winning the division. Oh yeah, easy. I mean, listen, Detroit, Hungry City wants to see some, uh, had some success with the hockey team, obviously. Had had a little bit of success over the years with the baseball team. They would love to have some successes with this football team. Looking at their Wikipedia page here, uh, they won four NFL championship games between 1935 and 1957. Of course, all of those prior to the Super Bowl era. Since the 1957 championship, they have only won a single playoff game, that being in 1991. That that is the league's longest postseason win drought, and they are the only franchise operational for the entirety of the Super Bowl era to not appear in the Super Bowl. 
So this this is a hungry franchise. This is a hungry team. I think the next couple of years they might make it. I hope so. Let's I really hope. do. I'm I'm excited for this team, even though you know it's not my favorite team. Obviously, they're like the Cubs. But for of football. some reason, yeah, for some reason, I've gotten excited about them and hoping they're doing well. And like you said, they're like the Cubs of football. Yeah. And hopefully, when they win the title, we'll all go yay, and then yeah, yeah. you know it'll be that. Yeah. <laughs> so looking at their schedule, boy, have they got a test week one? As we all know, they're opening the regular season this Thursday, September seventh, on the road in Kansas City on NBC. Take the over, dude. Yeah. I, I, first of all, take the over. Jesus. But how how great will it be? if they can punch the Super Bowl champs in the mouth on the night that they get their rings. I just oh, want to throw yeah. that out there. Yeah. As yeah. a hater as a hater of Kansas City, I did give them their props. I was fair. That's what we do. We call it down the middle. Mm-hmm. But I am rooting hard for the Lions on Thursday. Yeah. I will be sitting on the edge of my seat like it's a Raiders game, oh, yeah. bitching and yelling and pissing and moaning uh, every time the Lions get robbed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> week two, they are at home against the Seattle Seahawks. Week three, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Week four on Thursday Night Football. They are on the road playing the Green Bay Packers. Week five, they're at home against the Carolina Panthers. Week six, on the road playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week seven, on the road playing the Baltimore Ravens. Week eight, they are at home against the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football. Week nine, they're on a bye week. Uh, They come back in week 10 on the road playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Week 11, they are uh, at home playing the Chicago Bears. Uh, Week uh, 12, they're uh, at home on Thursday night, well, Thursday afternoon football. Uh, this one on Fox, uh, because this is one of the uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day games, uh, playing the Green Bay Packers. Uh, then week 13, they're on the road playing the New Orleans Saints. Week 14, on the road playing the Chicago Bears. Uh, and then week 15, at home playing the Denver Broncos. 16, on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. Week 17, at home, or excuse me, on the road playing the Dallas Cowboys. That one on Monday Night Football. And they close out the regular season at home against the Minnesota Vikings. I want to say this. Looking at the first 10 games, mm-hmm. they could be 8 and 2. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> That's a legit possibility. Because there's like, there's, I mean, the, there's a couple division games. Of course, division, you always have whatever. But for the most part, they're out of division games with the exception of the Chiefs. Yeah. Is pretty much winnable for them. Real winnable. So they could have a really good start to the season. Uh, the back half is a little harder, but not much. I think they have, they're, they're they've got a favorable schedule in, 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 uh, Detroit this year. So let's go Lions, man. Okay, so let's get out of the way early on. Third place team last year was the Green Bay Packers. I want to point this out. I got a lot of hate from a lot of our friends who are Green Bay Packer fans because I ran down the Packers last year. And I'm going to say this. In the immortal words of a man who just got fired, (laughs) tell me when I'm lying. Everything I said last year came true for the Packers, ladies and gentlemen. I was wrong about my Super Bowl picks. That's okay. I was right about the Green Bay Packers. I'm taking that victory lap because I got so much, uh, like, are you kidding me? That's not going to happen. Yeah, it happened, didn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, it did. It happened. All right, so there's that. I'm going to take my victory lap on that. Not because I hate the Packers even, because I don't. Uh, You know, they're they're one of the league's oldest teams. I love the fact that the city owns the team and they're in a small market. You know, much like Buffalo, I think them and Buffalo are really the only two real small market teams. I'm not talking about how technically San Francisco is in San Francisco. No, 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 I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking more like Jacksonville's small market. Uh, Yeah, Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Jacksonville. But but it's not the same vibe though. Yeah, no. Not. Well, Jacksonville's that Florida vibe. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit. There's a little different stuff in the in the water in Florida, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I do have appreciate a lot. I'm just uh, there was a lot of people on that bandwagon. Of course, when Aaron Rodgers was there, I get it. There's a lot of, of confidence. But let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay had not been happy for a few years, and you could tell on the field. And last year was one of those big things. Now the problem is, is now we're post Aaron Rodgers. This is the Jordan Love era. And I have nothing against Jordan Love, but we haven't seen him play. And unfortunately for Jordan Love, though, they didn't leave much behind for him. No, oh, they didn't. Because not only did the Jets take take your starting quarterback, they also took a lot of your receivers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They cleaned house. They clean, the, Jets, uh, the Jets have basically become the Packers East. And, uh, you know, hey, added to some of their pieces, it might work out for them. Uh, here's the thing. Uh Wide receiver core, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and uh, Jaden Reed will be your starting three. Uh, nobody's striking fear in my heart, but, hey, there's some young guys there that could do, get it done. We'll find out. Jordan Love could come out there and be the, the next best thing. You never know. Unfortunately, he's going to have to because Sean Clifford is their backup. They don't have a legitimate backup, in my opinion. Not one that uh, is a veteran that you can fall back upon right, right. if something goes wrong. This is the situation where I wish they would have brought in a veteran just for that reason. Sure. Like, uh, uh, I.E., and I mean, Jared Goff has obviously been in the league longer than, uh, than uh, Jordan Love. But think about it. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater to sit behind him. Something happens, at least you have a serviceable mm-hmm. backup. Right. You know, we've talked about other backups in the league. So I really wish that they had that. Obviously, the running back position is the shining moment, Aaron Jones. Yep. Yeah. You know, A.A. Ron Jones doing his thing. You still have an A.A. Ron in the town. And I think Aaron Jones is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I love what he does there. And they have a big front line still. They did not get suffer on the front line. That front line is still looking good. So I think the run game is going to be their bread and butter this year, really, honestly, on the offensive side. Let's flip to the defense side, and I'll give them credit. They've never been the sexiest team on paper for defensive, but they always have good coaching on the defensive side. So I'm going to give them the shadow of the doubt and say that they're going to do be all right on the defensive side, but there's nobody over there, honestly, that's striking fear in my heart. I'm looking at the list right now, and I'm like, maybe Razul Douglas at cornerback? Yeah. Former former Philadelphia Eagle? You know, maybe he's the he's the one that may strike some fear in my heart a little bit if I'm a coach. But that doesn't mean you can't, and that's not writing them off because that doesn't mean somebody can't step up and take those reins. So giving them the, the coaching staff credit, I think that they're still going to be decent because of the Packers. But Packer fans, don't get mad at me. I'm not running you down this year. I'm just telling you it's a rebuild year. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is going to be a year where don't expect a ton of wins. I'm not saying you guys are going to be, you know, the NFC South. You're going to beat all of those teams out probably. But at the same point, Juxture, I'm not expecting too many big things. And I, if I'm surprised and wrong, that means some young kids stepped up and did their, their, did their thing. And that's a good thing. But honestly, I think it's going to be a rebuild year. And hopefully they continue to build it up. They're going to definitely need some receiving core. But the good news for you guys, as we talked about already, there's a lot of contracts coming up in the receiving core for next season. Mm -hmm. And the Packers should have some money now that Aaron Rodgers isn't sucking all the money out of the town. So, therefore, you guys have a big upside. I don't think you're going to get a high enough draft pick to make it make a difference because I think the Jets, you're the, the draft pick you're going to get from the Jets is not going to be high, let's be honest. No. <laughs> and uh, and also your draft pick, I think they're going to win enough games that they're going to fall in that middle zone. Yeah. yeah. So technically speaking, you're going to have to do it in free agency. Good news is that with money, there is availability. And I, I think you can bring some people in. Uh, definitely some, bring back some people. You might even be able to bring back Devontae Adams. Just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of questions this Green Bay Packers team has. Running back, obviously not one of them. 
receiving core. We'll see what we get. You know, like you mentioned, they got Christian Watson uh, coming into his sophomore year. He only had 611 yards last year, seven touchdowns. Uh, you had Romeo, Romeo Dobbs there also coming into his sophomore year, 425 yards last year, three touchdowns. And then you've got a couple of rookies. You've got Jaden Reed, who is uh, who was the uh, second-round pick out of Michigan State, uh, put up 2,866 yards receiving with 26 touchdowns in his collegiate career. And you got Luke Musgrave, also a rookie in the second round out of Oregon State. Uh, he put up for his career, there it is, uh, 633 yards receiving, two touchdowns, couple uh, one rushing attempt for negative one yards, no touchdowns. So, yeah, we'll see. Probably, probably going to be more of a, a backing tight end, a blocking tight end, excuse me, than, you know, like a Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey type. Jordan Love, we'll see what we get out of him. You know, this is the guy that, you know, some Packers fans, I'm not saying all some Packers fans, say, yep, he's going to be the guy after Aaron Rodgers leaves. Packers fans, you have been very lucky for the last, like, three decades. You had uh, Brett Favre step in, and you had some success with Brett Favre. Brett Favre left and then stepped Aaron Rodgers, and you had more success with him. Will you get that success with Jordan Love? Man, I just don't know. You know, in the two seasons he's played, he was drafted 2020 out of Utah State. Uh you know, in 20, didn't play a game in 2020, so his sophomore year he played in six games, 411 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, 2022, he played in four games with 195 yards passing, one touchdown, no interceptions. Statistically, not that great, you know, and, and uh, so we'll see what you get out of him because, listen, if things don't go good for Jordan Love, I got to, as a Penn State guy, I got to give Sean Clifford some love. You know, for his collegiate career, 10,000 yards passing, uh, rushing over 1,000 yards rushing, you know, 95 touchdowns passing, 15 yard uh, touchdowns rushing. So is he the guy for Penn State? No. Is he a good guy, at least on paper, to have in the backup? Maybe, because let's face it, you don't know what you're going to get out of Jordan Love. He's sat behind Aaron Rodgers for the last couple of years. Is he going to have the same success Brett, uh, Aaron Rodgers did when he sat behind Brett Favre? Maybe. Until I see a game, I can't say yes or no. But it's going to be rough for Green Bay Packers fans the last couple of years. Before you go, I would also like to, to say that when we say Brett Favre, we're saying that allegedly. Mm-hmm. We don't want any problems mentioning the name of Brett Favre. Thank so you. Allegedly, Brett Favre was the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Allegedly, he won a Super Bowl there. Allegedly. Everything he does in life has to be allegedly. So yes. Allegedly. Yes. And and, and, and get looking at the defense. The defense, nothing sexy, although when has Green Bay been known for their defense? Exactly. That's the right. one thing with this team. The GM got what he wanted, got rid of Aaron Rodgers. This is his team now. It lives and dies by Jordan Love. Nobody on this team scares me. Nope. Sorry. I'm going to put it out there. There's nobody on here that really is going to be a true threat in this division. I'm sorry Aaron Jones is serviceable, but he's not great. Mm-hmm. Watson was... You know, a bright spot for him last season. Can he pick this up when he's healthy on the field? Sure. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But ultimately, it's going to be Jordan Love's show. Is he worth the number one pick that you guys spent on him and caused the whole problem with Aaron Rodgers? To be determined. You better hope so. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, So looking at the Green Bay Packers schedule, they open up the regular season on the road in Chicago, uh, playing those Chicago Bears. Week two, they are back on the road playing the Atlanta Falcons. Finally come home in week three to play the New Orleans Saints at home. Then they've got the Detroit Lions at home. That one on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Then they go on the road to play those Las Vegas Raiders in week five. That one on Monday Night Football. Early bye week for those Packers, though. Week six, bye week. Week seven, they come back on the road playing the Denver Broncos. 
Week 8, they're at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Week 9, they're at home against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Week 10, on the road playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Week 11, they're at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Week 12, as I mentioned, uh, Thursday playing on the road playing Detroit, that one on Thanksgiving. Uh, And then Week 13, they're at home uh, on Sunday Night Football playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Week 14, on the road playing the New York Giants, that one on Monday Night Football. Week 15, at home playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week 16, on the road playing the Carolina Panthers. 17, on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. And week 18, at home playing the Chicago Bears. Ooh, rough one for them. You yes. know, they used to own the Bears when Rodgers was there, but I don't know if they're going to own the Bears. Speaking of the Bears, they were last place last year, and they're the last team we have to talk about here. And listen, man, I, I applaud the Bears. The Bears traded away that number one pick because they didn't need the number one pick because they put their faith in a quarterback that I think is very, very Agreed. good. And I think that he's going to only get better in Justin Fields. He, you know, that first season he showed some, uh, some brilliance. Last year, though, he showed that he has poise. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest of teams. You know, they're still building around him. But without having all the weapons, he still showed a lot of poise. And I think you can't teach that. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited to see what Justin Fields does this year, uh, especially because they did add some depth around him. DJ Moore is there at the number one receiver spot. Also, uh, you got Darnell Mooney and uh, Chase Claypool, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of their better unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. And if he puts up the anything like he did in Pittsburgh, this is going to be great for Justin Fields. Uh, the running backs, Khalil Herbert, uh, Duante Foreman, you know, good one-two punch. Both of them are, are relatively young. I don't see a reason why they're, you know, would would have not a good year. Uh, tight end position, I, you know, Cole Komet is he's he's serviceable. He's yeah, fine. He's, he's fine. Yeah, it's not like he's gonna. He's not, you know, pulling heads. You're not picking him on your fantasy team, but he's serviceable. And the line has gotten a little bit better. You know, they used it. You know, we've got a couple young guys on that line now. Hopefully it works out for him because I think Justin Fields is going in the right direction. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, not once again, it's not a lot of big, sexy names. However, this is a defensive team. The Bears have been a defensive team forever. Uh, I'm, I'm going to show faith in the Bears and say that they're going to once again field a decent defensive team, and we're going to just go from there. I don't know. Really, I don't want to jump too much in it. I think they're going to finish better than they did last year, though. I think that Justin Fields definitely picks up and improves every year. I think that's the biggest key for this team. And it looks like they're putting the pieces around him. Another year in the draft and probably some free agency. Once again, we talked about how there's going to be a lot of veteran receivers available next year possibly. Mm. I think that this team is going to be a real contender. Uh, yeah, no, Justin Fields has definitely shown some flashes of brilliance, and I think that his biggest issue the last couple of years is who the fuck is he had to throw to? Yeah. Allen Robinson the second was about the only one I can remember from last year he had to throw to, which, hey, nothing against him, but, like, he's one guy. One guy ain't going to win you the game. You know, so they've dealt, like you said, they've added some rep, uh, <clears throat> weapons. We'll see what they get out of the running game. they got Khalil Herbert there uh, entering his third season, you know, 731 yards rushing uh, last year, only four touchdowns. So, yeah, maybe. but when you got Justin Fields, do you really need a running back? Exactly. Uh, like you said, they added DJ Moore, who was with Carolina. You know, had a little bit of a down year last year. Uh, only 888 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. But the three priors, he had 1,000 yards receiving. 
But then again, look at who was in, at quarterback for Carolina last mm-hmm. year. I think the three of us would have qualified. Mm-hmm. You know, they've also got uh, Darnell Mooney up, up there who was entering his uh, fourth year in the NFL. You know, had 1,000 yards re- uh, receiving in 2021. Bit of a down year last year, but he missed some games. So we'll see if he can bounce back. Chase Claypool is going to be a huge addition, I feel, for these guys. You know, he had some great early years. His first two years, you know, 800 yards his rookie year, 800 yards his second year. Then he was hurt in 22, and he was hurt la- uh, last year uh, with uh, his first year with the Bears. So hopefully he's got a bounce back year and plays real well. I think he can do well. And Cole Komet, I mean, listen, he he's fine. He's serviceable. He's not going to win you games, but it's it's not bad. You know, and hey, listen, if all things don't go well with Justin Fields, they've got the greatest Buffalo Bills former starting quarterback in Nathan Peterman up there. Got to give got to give Peterman his, his due. Defensively, I mean, the defense is fine. Nothing really sexy. Nothing really like, ooh, this this, this is the defense going to win you some games. They'll, they'll keep you in games and they'll do okay. But... Ultimately, I think the defense might end up costing them more games than they win. You know, the thing about the defense, the only player I know is Tremont Evans coming over from Buffalo. Buffalo. That's the only one that really I know will show up for him, just how he's going to be faring against the offense of Detroit. I think is going to be something to watch. Like That'll be the key matchup for me. Offensively, Justin Fields is Russell Wilson in Seattle 2.0. Pretty much. That's the easiest way to describe him. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. That is We're a not huge... talking about later on. We're right. talking about early. <laughs> early. He's He is great to watch. He keeps his composure. He wills this team to play better. And that is so rare in this day and age for a young quarterback to do. He is going to get the most out of his offensive teammates, and he's really going to keep them in a lot of games that they shouldn't be in. I love watching Fields play. So as long as he's healthy, this team has a shot to win some games and possibly go to the playoffs. Possibly. Uh, yeah, so looking at the schedule for the Chicago Bears this upcoming season, uh, they open up the regular season, as I mentioned before, uh, at home playing the Green Bay Packers. Week two, they're on the road playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week three, they're on the road playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, week four, they're at home playing the Denver Broncos. Then week uh, five, they're on the road playing the Washington Commanders. That one on Thursday night football. Uh, week six, they're at home playing the Minnesota Vikings. Week seven, at home playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Week eight, on Sunday night football, they're uh, on the road playing the Los Angeles Chargers. They go back on the road for week nine, playing the New Orleans Saints. And then week 10, uh, on the road, or excuse me, they're at home on Thursday night football playing the Carolina Panthers. Week 11, they're on the road playing the Detroit Lions. And then week 12, they're on Monday Night Football on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. Week 13, they're on a bye week. Week 14, they're at home playing the Detroit Lions. Week 15, they're uh, playing the Cleveland Browns on the road. Week 16, at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Week 17, at home playing the Atlanta Falcons. And then they close out the regular season on the road in beautiful, sunny Green Bay, Wisconsin in January. I'm going to throw this out there. Their second half of the season in that closing, if they're close, that could be what gets them a playoff spot. Because mm-hmm. they they have a lot of opportunity to win in a lot of those ending games. Agreed. The beginning of their, the beginning of their season is going to be rough. <laughs> yep. Yeah. When you got to go to Kansas City week three, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think that second half, that last five games in particular, coming back off of their, uh, their, their bye week, that could be, if they're in it, yeah, that could be what pushes them over. Yeah, yeah. So that being said, how are they? How is the NFC North faring? So I think the Vikings are going to repeat as division champs. You're going to have the Detroit Lions uh, stay in second place. Chicago Bears go in third place, and then the Green Bay Packers in fourth. I'm disagreeing with you a little bit. I got Detroit. What going first place? 
That's right. I might be just with my heart, but they're going first place this year. I've got the Minnesota Vikings in second because that's going to be close. They're gonna, I'm going to tell you that. The uh, Chicago Bears, I got them in third, and I got – and once again, sorry, Packers fan. I got the Packers in last. Once again, it's a rebuild team. You know, so, hey, maybe they'll find some gold in there, and that'll build towards the future. So that's that's my picks. Ditto. I fully agree with you. Detroit's winning it. Minnesota's in second. Chicago could contend for that second spot too, though, but I don't think they're going to have enough firepower. And then Green Bay is Green Bay. It's rebuilding. Enough said. Pretty much. Uh, so then switching over to the last division we've got to talk about, that is the NFC West. Uh, looking at the records and standings from last year, uh, you had the San Francisco 49ers somehow miraculously pull off the unthinkable and win the division with a record of 13-4. and four. I say miraculous and somehow because, well, they started like four quarterbacks last year. Uh, second place was the Seattle Seahawks, who also clinched a playoff spot. Uh, they made it in with a record of 9-8. and eight. Los Angeles Rams finished in third place with a record of 5-12. and 12, And the Arizona Cardinals finished with a worse uh, record than Kyler Murray's KD, rec- KD ratio on Call of Duty with a record of 4-13. and 13. Ladies and gentlemen, let's start with them San Francisco 49ers. They got some dogs on that team, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they do. And I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah, they started four quarterbacks, but then they got to Mystery Relevant, who was very relevant, and Brock Purdy, whose only real blemish on his entire career so far is a game where he was injured in the NFC Championship game. Think about that. On the road. This kid has only lost one game. And he was injured, couldn't throw the ball, and he still played in that game somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember, he couldn't throw the ball. It's not like they, they, they literally could not make the motion. <laughs> yeah, like so. If they would have had a backup at that point in juncture, maybe they would have had something. I still, to this day, don't get why they didn't just put Christian McCaffrey as a the quarterback. They should yeah, have just done it's, it's it's a question we'll never have. That, that was a, that was the coaching uh, decision that I don't agree with. They should have just made McCaffrey the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So let's go into this uh, wide receiver core. Let's be honest. You got you got the you got the man, the myth, the legend, Debo Samuel. You got Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you got uh, Wa- uh, Juwan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod the mm-hmm. third, uh, Ronnie Bell. This is a great young receiving core. Uh, tight ends on this squad. Uh, George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you're a wrestling fan, we all love us some George Kittle. Uh, backing him up, Charlie Warner this year. Uh, then uh, the running back. You know, let's be honest. It's not a traditional running back, but it's Christian McCaffrey. I know they got Eliza Mitchell as the second, but Elijah Mitchell actually does play a role in this team, a mm-hmm. very big role in this team, as we saw. And he comes in, and he's going to be used as that third back because Debo Samuel, even though he didn't want to do it originally, after they started putting this great team together, Debo said, you know what, I'll run the ball too. So you end up with this weird receiver in the backfield some and McCaffrey in the backfield, and then when they get kind of like tired, you bring in Mitchell, and Mitchell does what Mitchell does. Yes. It's very it's an interesting concept and it works. And you're going to see that even more this year. Of course, at, fu- at fullback, I'm not going to call him by his real name because I always just prefer to call him Kyle Juicy Juice. <laughs> uh, and and you know what? We don't talk about you know fullbacks a lot. He's one that is a game changer. He's got great hands and he's an amazing blocker, protecting you know uh, in particular Brock Purdy. So now we go to the you know the back. Unfortunately, the one downside, the Ghostbuster is your backup quarterback this year. Yeah, I know that they wanted to move Trey Lance, but. That was a choice. Dude, the Ghostbuster? You know, that's just showing a lot of faith in Brock Purdy. Well, 
you know what else they're showing faith in? The fact that they have one of, if not the best defense in the entire league. I do believe last year they finished as the number one defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, let's be honest, they, everybody was worried that Nick Bosa wasn't coming back. Well, uh, right before we recorded, we found out that he inked a hell of a deal. Uh, what was the, what was that deal, Padawan J? A little bit, what, 125 uh, five, million? Five, five years, years and like 170, I think. 170 guaranteed or 125, yeah. 125, 125 guaranteed. guaranteed. Yeah. Woo. Yep. Woo. But uh, yeah, any t- on top of that, you got this is a team that top to bottom their defense. Even though there might not be too many names, Nick Bosa's you know strikes the fear in your heart. Fred Warner, who everybody thought they had nothing left in the tank, <laughs> guess they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Fred Warner's picking picking up those numbers. Uh, you have uh, Chavarius Ward and Lenore. You have you know Gibson uh, Senior and Huffinga. You've got this great. Everybody does their part. Everybody plays their role on this defense, and they've bought into the defensive philosophy. Mm. They've got great coaching. When you talk about one of the things that that makes the Niners heads, you know, heads above everybody else, Kyle Shanahan is running a tight ship over there, and he's got great coaching uh, on there. Uh, Chris Forrester is probably one of the most underrated offensive coordinators in the in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he doesn't have a a head coaching position is is beyond me. And Steve Wilkes, Steve Wilkes is coming in because obviously their original defensive quarterback coordinator has moved on. Mm-hmm. But Steve Wilkes has been with this team for a while, and he's very he's not going to change up anything. He's very on that well defense, versed in okay? what they're doing. I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, the Niners are going to be a threat, not just to win the division. They're going to be a threat to go to the Super Bowl, just like last year. I think they're they're in a better position this year than last year because now you can rally behind Brock Purdy. The only good big question is, is can he keep that lightning in a bottle? And from what we saw from him last year, that kid had no business having the poise he had in his rookie season being the last pick in the draft. Yeah. The fact that those things were lined up against him and he was the fourth-string quarterback and now he's the starter, and he's only got one blemish, and you can't really blame him for it because he was injured? Mm-hmm. Man, dude, this is going to be a great team to watch. Padawan Jay. Yeah, no, Brock Purdy clearly is who they think the guy is, but like you said, better goddamn hope he stays healthy because, like you said, Sam Darnold is the ba- Sam Darnold is the backup, and if something happens to him, Brandon Allen is your third-string quarterback. I prefer Brandon Allen over Darnold. Yeah. I mean, listen, if things go really wrong, I think uh, San Francisco might want to take a page out of the, the Lays commercial currently going around and see if Joe Montana wants to come out of retirement. Listen, uh, the offense should be fine. Christian McCaffrey between Carolina and San Francisco last year had 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, He had eight touchdowns, so he had a great year. Uh, So he should be back to form. No issues there. Debo Samuel had a slightly down year. You know, missed some games. He only played 13, 600 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Uh, 200 yards rushing, three touchdowns. So hopefully he has a bounce back year. Brandon Ayuk should be be great. You know, 1,000 yards uh, receiving last year, eight touchdowns. Uh, Juwan Jennings had an okay year. But listen, when you got the rest of that offense, you really don't need to rely on some of your secondary receivers there. And George Kittle's still George Kittle. You know, uh, 700 yards receiving last year, 11 touchdowns. So he should be perfectly fine. That offense, I got no issues with. That defense is still as lethal as ever. So San Francisco is going to cause some headaches this year. This team is the most well-balanced team top to bottom. Like we give Philly their flowers, and rightfully so. But if San Francisco is healthy, they are the 1B or 1A, depending on how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. That is how good this team is, and they are only getting better. The fact they took care of their one offseason hiccup, and that is Nick Bosa's contract, Yep, huge. Yep. So now it's time to play ball. Trey Lance is gone. This is the Brock Purdy show. And if he's back to form and Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy through the entire year, same thing with Debo, 
this team is going to be in the NFC Championship. Easy. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yep. Can't wait to see it. Uh, and looking at their schedule, they open up the regular season on the road playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Week two, they're on the road playing the Los Angeles Rams. Week three, they're finally at home playing New York Giants. That one on Thursday Night Football. Week four, they're uh, at home playing the Arizona Cardinals. Week five, they're at home playing the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Week six, they're on the road playing the Cleveland Browns. Week seven, they're on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. That one on Monday Night Football. Week eight, they're at home playing the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals. Week by week in week nine. Week 10, they're on the road playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week 11, at home playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they're on the road playing the Seattle Seahawks uh, on Thursday Night Football. Week 13, they're on the road playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Week 14, they're uh, at home playing the Seattle Seahawks. 15, on the road playing the Arizona Cardinals. Week 16, they're playing the Baltimore Ravens. That one on Monday Night Football. 17, they're on the road playing the Washington Commanders, and then they close out the regular season at home against the Los Angeles Rams. I'll say this much, too. Uh, no one has seen that there's some East Coast games. They had very good success against the East Coast last yes. year, same as the team we're about to talk about, the Seattle Seahawks. So they kind of, both teams last year did a very good job of getting rid of that rumor of, you know, once you're on the, the West East thing is not good. So Yes. Let's talk about them Seahawks and the, the the wonderful 12th man up there in Seattle. And they have a lot to be cheering about. Pete Carroll, man, who would have known he was the soothsayer? We all last year were like, oh, my yeah. God, I can't believe he let Russell Wilson go. What is he, what is he thinking? And guess what? He wasn't that crazy. No. And Geno Smith. Did we ever think that Geno Smith would be the toast of the town? Did no. anybody ever think that last year, legitimately, Geno Smith, there was an argument for him to be the league MVP? No. Legitimate argument for Geno Smith. And I am going to say this. Kudos to that front office of the Seattle Seahawks for giving Geno a, a, a good a good payday in another year to, to, to prove it. They didn't give him the long-term contract. Geno even said, that's fine. Just give me and I'll prove it to you. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. He earned that right, and I'm glad that they gave him the right. Now, it does get a little easier for him because he's got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to throw that ball to. But, hey, you got to get him the ball. And last year he did a great job at that as well. Uh, Noah Font and Will Disley will be splitting the number one tight ends because, as you know, they love to run a two-tight end set. Yes, they do. Uh, so, and, and you should. Think about it. You want the shorter route runners because you have Metcalf and Lockett. They're they're your deep threats. They're your slant threats. And then you get the two guys underneath. It's perfect. Kenneth Walker the third had a hell of a year last year, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, he, I'm not saying he was the greatest running back in the league but he was when they needed him to produce he produced that was the one thing about the seattle seahawks last year a uh, thousand yards rushing nine touchdowns and then receiving he had 165 yards receiving yeah so when they needed him to take the ball he took the ball not the best running back still over a thousand yards and when they needed something he got it uh the offensive line looked good last year it looks like they've returned everybody from the offensive line so that's good news for them and then let's go to the defensive side real quick uh they are really honestly trying to rebuild the legion of boom yeah <laughs> that has been one thing that if you haven't noticed through the draft and through some smaller free agent things they're bringing in names that are smaller however they're having big impacts you got quandre Diggs at free safety you have julian love at strong safety you've got the uh reek woolen and uh sorry and uchiman nuisi uh with Derek hall as a secondary uh, it, this team is great. Bobby Wagner, of course, team oh, captain. huge. Team captain. Listen, Bobby Wagner found the Fountain of Youth last year. He deserves everything he's got, and he is the team captain. He is the guy. So when you were talking about uh, some teams where we're like, oh, defensively, you can't name the guy who's in charge, 
this team can. Yeah. He sits right there in the middle, and it, it is it's it's Bobby Wagner. So I want to throw it out there. I, I expect big things, and you know what the best part about this is? Seahawks, Niners, we get to see it twice in the season. I know. It's true. And that is that is good for all football. If you love football, you need to make it Destination TV when you Seahawks and Niners play each other because those are games. That's a dogfight if I've ever seen it. Yeah. Bad. Uh, no, this team should be good. Geno Smith returning for another year. You got all the pieces there from last year. Kenneth Walker, TDK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, Noah Fonts there. You know, so I expect more of the same with these guys. And like you said, the defense is looking great. You got Bobby Wagner's there at the inside linebacker. Uh, no, this team should perform beautifully. And, and, and listen, Seahawks fans, I get excited. You know, like we said last year, we were kind of down on them, but they proved us wrong. And I think they're going to do f- wonderfully again this year. You know, this team has been such a great surprise. And Pete Carroll is the mad genius yes. for what he's done. Yes. Because he got something out of Geno Smith that nobody else has been able to do. Kenneth Walker has been a surprise, to say the least. The wide receiver core has always been good. And I like what I'm seeing up there. You know, DK Metcalf, as long as he's still healthy, he makes everybody else better around him. Mm-hmm. There is no way that this team is not on the upswing. And if anybody's sleeping on him just because of reasons, you really have to pay attention because, like Rich touched on, they're reforming the Legion of Boom. And that is a scary, scary thing for anybody in the NFC, let alone whoever they play outside of conference. This team should contend. I like what they're doing. And if Geno can keep the magic up and last year wasn't a fluke, this team is going to do a lot of big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking at the schedule, they open up the regular season at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Or yeah, uh, L.A. Rams, excuse me. Uh, then they go on the road week two to play the Detroit Lions. Week three, they're at home against the Carolina Panthers. Week four, they're on the road playing the New York Giants in, uh, New, York, in New York on Monday Night Football. Week five, they're on a bye. Week six, they come back and they're on the road playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Week seven, they're at home playing the Arizona Cardinals. Week eight, uh, they come back, they're uh, at home playing the Cleveland Browns. Week nine, they're on the road playing the Baltimore Ravens. Week 10, they're at home playing the Washington Commanders. Week 11, they're on the road playing the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, week 12, at home against the San Francisco 49ers. That one on Sunday Night Football. Uh, week 12, they are at home playing the San Francisco 49ers. That one on NBC because it is one of the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day games. Excuse me. Uh, week 13, they're on the road playing the Dallas Cowboys. That one on Thursday Night Football. Week 14, on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers. 15, they're at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. 16, they're on the road playing the Tennessee Titans. Week 17, at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then they close out the regular season on the road playing those Arizona Cardinals. Good good schedule. They had a lot yeah. of opportunity there. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. And, of course, they had the worst luck in the world last year. Yes, yeah. they, they were without their starting quarterback. But it is uh, Matthew Stafford is back and healthy. So that can only mean good things for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, of course, Cooper Cup is your number one, receiver one. Uh, receiver two is Tutu Atwell. Um, they don't have as sexy, you know, Tyler Higby is back as a tight end, so very, very serviceable tight end. They're not as sexy in that receiving position as they were when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. However, Cam Akers is back at running back, and Cam Akers is one of the most underrated running backs, not from the aspect of getting a ton of yards, but from the aspect of he serve like when you need something he gets it. You need that first down he's going to get it. You need that little extra boost he's going to get it. Uh, Stafford being back is only going to help him even more. So we'll we'll have to wait to see what this offense does because it's not as sexy as it was when they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. On the defensive side of things, you got a a Ron Donald holding down the fort as the team captain again. And I'm going to be honest, it's not looking as as great as it once did. Obviously, you know they do not have. 
the backfield that they had, the defensive backfield that they had when they uh, won, went to the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, the, you know, it's it's just isn't there. So we're gonna have to see what these young kids can do to step up. I'm last year was a was a hard one because they didn't have Stafford. This year seems to kind of be like I wouldn't say a full rebuild because they still have like the solid pieces to get you to that you know to get you to the the next level if you will. But I don't think they have all the pieces, and I think that they're not going to make it very far because of that. Especially because in this division you have to get past San Francisco and Seattle, who have all the pieces and all the answers as long as they stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting for the Rams. I expect them to have a little bit of a bounce back now that Stafford is back and fully recovered from that freak injury he had last year. Uh, but you better hope he stays healthy because the backup quarterback they have is Stetson Bennett, of course, out of Georgia. The quarterback they drafted out of Georgia, although he is currently listed as out because he is dealing with a shoulder injury. So, Lord help you if something happens to that team. Uh, Cam Akers is still there, so that's good. You got Van Jefferson there as well. But the one big question you got right now is Cooper Cup. Of course, they're one of their star receivers. Not going to play this upcoming week. Uh, head coach Sean McVay has already ruled him out uh, because of a hamstring injury. So Hamstrings and wide receivers. It is a nasty thing to deal with, so we'll see how long that keeps him out. Uh, defense should be okay. Aaron Donald's still there, so he'll still cause some havoc. We'll see what you get for the rest of them. They'll contend, but I'm not expecting great things out of them. This team's better days have gone by. Sorry. It was a short window. You know, it was a short window. They got a run. They got a chip. You know, Matthew Stafford gave it all. You know, I and to see him at this stage, I I just want to see him go into the to his post football days in, in a healthy condition. He is somebody that literally, when we talk about leave it all on the field, has been the definition of it. Yes. Even when he was playing for one of the worst teams in football. I mean, you can always take a look at the dislocated shoulder game that is always a highlight of his. Stafford is coming off a very, very nasty injury, one that I thought last year they should have shut him down earlier for, and they didn't. I'm just hoping that he can bounce back and recapture some of his old magic. I just don't know how he's going to do it. Uh, the rest of his team, let's face it, is not exactly the the fearful, dominant force it once was. Mm-hmm. They will be serviceable. They will show up and contend, but I'm not really expecting them to do anything other than just be on the field. Yeah. Uh, so looking at the Rams' schedule for this upcoming season, they open, as I mentioned, on the road playing the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, week two, they're at home playing the San Francisco 49ers. Week three, Monday Night Football on the road uh, playing the Cincinnati Bengals. They stay on the road for week four. They're playing the Indianapolis Colts. Week five, at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Week six, at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Week seven, at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then weeks uh, eight uh, on the road playing the Dallas Cowboys. Week nine on the road playing the Green Bay Packers, and then they've got a bye week in week 10. Week 11, they're at home against the Seattle Seahawks. Week 12 on the road playing the Arizona Cardinals. Week 13 at home playing the uh, Cleveland Browns. Week 14 on the road playing the Baltimore Ravens. Week 15 at home playing the Washington Commanders. Week 16 on Thursday Night Football at home playing the New Orleans Saints. Week 17 at the on the road playing the New York Giants. And then week 18 on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers. Well, you know, it's going to be a tough season for them either way. And uh, speaking of tough seasons, let's talk about the last team. Oh, and that, of course, would be the Arizona oh, Cardinals. Oh, boy. Uh, Kyler Murray allegedly injured again. There's allegedly. No, well, there's not a new Call of Duty that came out, so it's possible. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, 
uh, Clayton Toon, Joshua Do- Dobbs uh, are your are your backups, oh. respectively. Uh, also, speaking of which, hey, Marquise Brown's there. You know, good, yeah. old, good old Hollywood Brown. Uh, Zach Ertz is there. Oh, by the way, both of them are injured. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> currently listed as questionable. Yep, yep. Both of them are injured. Uh, speaking of which, that means you have in the receiving core, and I quote, and uh, stop me when you know if any of these strike a fear in your heart, Rondell Moore, Michael Wilson, Greg Dortch, and Zach Pascal. I only recognize one of those names. Exactly. Uh, James uh, Connor is uh, back at the running back position. Not striking fear in anybody's heart. No. And other than having the best safety in the entire NFL in Buda Baker, which I feel bad that he's here, they don't really got much to scare you on defense either. This team is just free-falling. When we talk about they're not as bad as the Atlanta Falcons, but they're not, they're not much better. Yeah, no, this team is going to be contending for one of the top five, top three draft picks this upcoming year. It, it's not going to be pretty. I mean, listen, even if Kyler Murray comes back, this team's not going to be any good. You get Like you said, Marquise Brown out you know, or questionable. Zach Ertz questionable. You know, this team last year when it had DeAndre Hopkins didn't do that hot. Like we mentioned, they finished in last place with a record of 4-13. and I'm expecting as bad, if not worse, this year. You know, and then defensively, I'm looking at them, and and much like you ran through the wide receivers, I'm looking at these guys going, yeah, no, I've not heard of most of you, and none of you are really scaring me. Houston, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. legitimately what this did. I'm sorry, Arizona took the, the reins as the worst team in football. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, on either side of the ball that scares me because you know what my early prediction Buda Baker is going to get traded midseason. I hope so. Hopefully he goes to a good team because he deserves it. He's Like I said, he's the best safety in the league. Yeah, because they've been trading away good players the entire offseason. I'm surprised Baker didn't go. Yet. Because I think that's going to be the whole thing of we're not tanking, but we really are tanking, if a contend- in my opinion. If a, contender, Allegedly. if a contender gets Buda Baker, that could be the difference in that contender, by the way. Yeah, like and in all honesty, and I think Arizona, listen, if, if you're going all in about rebuilding, this is the way to do it. Yeah. You know, you know, and I don't know if they'll do it for division, but we've seen weirder things. Uh, we talked about it already. Yeah. But could you imagine when we're talking Legion of Boom 2.0, if somehow, Jesus. somewhere, the Seattle Seahawks get Buda Baker? That would be crazy. That would be it. I, yeah. No, I I fully agree with you because, like I say, I, I don't think they are tanking, but I think that they are just hitting that reset button so badly, and I, I I'm puzzled at why. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like there is. In years past, like Trevor Lawrence when he was coming out, right. everybody was like, oh, my God, you right. know, to go get him. Right. Is there anybody coming out in the, the draft that's, no. like, screaming like that? No. Two seasons ago, think about this. They started as the longest reigning undefeated team. Yeah. For two seasons ago, right? Mm-hmm. And two years later, yeah, it's 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 down in that Atlanta, Houston, and Texans program. Yeah, like it's crazy to think about too, and, I, and you're absolutely right. I mean, two years ago, this was a dominant team, like one of the best in football. They and, went like thirteen and zero. Yeah, and now they've just disappeared. And that's why I say, like, the illusion is, and I've heard people online say about tanking. I don't think they are tanking, but honestly, it's hard to say that when you're getting rid of all your great players. Yeah, and you're hitting that reset button so bad. Like as a fan. You have to sit there and wonder what's going on. And like I say, I don't think they're they are tanking. That's why I was just doing the kidding and allegedly. I honestly think they're hitting that reset button so hard that they like we talked about, you know, Atlanta, how they needed to get rid of everybody. Arizona's actually doing it. I think I think I think you are onto something because I think there's one of two things. Either it is a smart move to like just 
take it down to the studs and boards. Yeah. Or or this is just the showing that their front office and ownership is terrible because that is the other option. The other yeah. option is that they're like the Texans. Yeah. The Texans aren't resetting anything. The Texans just have a terrible front office and owner. And that could be the case in Arizona. I don't want to know. I don't want that to be the case because I would love every team to be competitive because I'm a pro football fan, right? Right. At the end of the day, I want to watch great games, but that's what it seems like. So I don't think there's a tank because there's nobody to tank for. Technically. Right. No. On top of that, I just think that either they're taking it down to the studs, or we're going to see the second coming of the Houston Texans, where this is just another team imploding, and the league needs to find a new owner. Yeah. I mean, listen, if there's any bright spot, I'm looking at their schedule and on ESPN.com, it's got the tickets and tickets as low as, hey, uh, anyone in the Arizona area, if you want to go to a home game, it's real cheap, except with the exception of a few teams. Uh, although why you do that and torture yourself, I have no goddamn idea. Uh, but looking at their schedule, they open up the regular season on the road playing the Washington Commanders. Week two, they're at home against the New York Giants. Week three, they're at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Week four, they're on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers. Week five, they're at home playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Week six, they're at, on the road playing the Los Angeles Rams. Week seven, on the road playing the Seattle Seahawks. Week eight, at home playing the Baltimore Ravens. Week nine, on the road playing the Cleveland Browns. Uh, week 10, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Week 11, on the road playing the Houston Texans. Week 12, at home playing the Los Angeles Rams. Week 13, on the road playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, then they mercifully get a bye week in week 14. And they close out the regular season in week 15, at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, week 16, uh, on the road playing Chicago. Week 17, on the road playing Philly. And then they close out the regular season uh, in the uh, at home playing the Seattle Seahawks. Realistically, this game team is not going to win a game until week nine, possibly. Nine, 10, and 11 are the only shots that I see them winning. And it's because uh, we don't know what we're going to get with the, the Browns yet. I mean, I'm, yeah. and I, I think the Browns will still win that game. <laughs> so technically, it's a coin toss when they get to play the Texans and the Atlanta. That Falcons. feels like such a trap I mean, game, I'm, too. I'm it feels at, like such a trap. I'm looking at these tickets, but like the Giants game at home, tickets as low as $22. The Bengals. $35. Dude, if you are a Bengals fan, you can get to Arizona. Buy those tickets because you ain't getting them that cheap in Cincy. The Baltimore Ravens, $17. Uh, the LA Rams, $19. That's, that's what we need. This is the this is the home, these are the home games. You know, the 49ers, $56. The only home game, uh, and then you got the Seahawks to close out there, $25. The only one that's like really expensive right now is the Dallas Cowboy game because, well, it's the Cowboys. Dude, that's what we need in our area. We need a really crappy team. Yeah. One of those owners needs to get real bad because I'll tell you what, all of the teams in our area in New York, whether it's the Bills, the Giants, the Jets, the Eagles, the Steelers, you know, we'd have to go. I think the closest place we could go to really get somewhat cheap tickets, depending upon how bad or good they are, and I think it went out the window with the new ownership, would be the Commanders. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's like an eight-hour drive to D.C. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, all the teams around us are expensive tickets because, you know, at least they're decent. But man, right, man, if you can get to Arizona, <laughs> Mike, do I yeah. take it? Why not? You, you get to see better. It's a party. Take a risk. Spirit yeah. Airlines. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Roll Don't, the dice. By the way, if you're going to take carry on with Spirit, make sure it's the tiniest of all bags because uh -huh. they will try to charge you for it regardless. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so then, of course, we got to pick who we think is going to win this division. And based on, for me, just looking at those standings from last year, I don't think there's going to be any change with us. Uh, San Francisco is going to finish first. Seattle finished second. The Rams finished third. And the Cardinals finished fourth. I am going to actually agree with Padawan Jay here. It's going to be the uh, Niners, the Seahawks, 
the Rams, and then, of course, in the basement is going to be the Cardinals. Uh, I think the Rams will come close to having a winning season, but I probably they'll probably only finish with seven or eight wins. So that's kind of the new 500, if you will. And then on the other side of it, the other two teams are going to be very, very high up and uh, both contenders. Yeah, I think it's going to be Seattle, or Seattle and San Francisco at the top there, but I think Frisco is going to be winning this division outright. Seattle's right there. The Rams, by default, get number three. And then, uh, let's face it, Arizona, uh, the only thing they're going to win is the number one draft pick. Because honestly, I could see them going 0 and 17. Like I just, there's nothing on this team that scares me as an opponent that I would be worried about, and I'd just be sitting there going, you know, what are we game planning for? So I think if they're really going to hit the rebuild mode, they're definitely going to do it, and then we kind of wait and see what goes on from there. So that being said, we gave you our picks for the NFC West and the NFC North. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. What is your thoughts on those two conferences as we go into? The final picks for who is going to the Super Bowl from the NFC and who is going to win the Super Bowl based on the early predictions on this special edition of the ODPH podcast, NFL Preview. You ever wondered what comics Mark from Vale Mai is into? What Zach from Left Behind's favorite MCU movies are? Well, Metalcore Nerds is the show for you. My name is Sean Mott, and here at Metalcore Nerds, we cover the latest things in pop culture, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, DC, AEW, and everything else in between. You can listen to the show every Monday on Adobe Howl at 7 p.m. Eastern or find it anywhere you find podcasts after it debuts on the radio station. Coming back for the final segment on this special edition of the ODPH Podcast NFL NFC Preview Edition. We've gone through the different divisions of the National Football Conference. Now it's time to give you our predictions about who is going to the Super Bowl and going to the playoffs. So, Pad, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so for the playoffs, I've got the Eagles, Panthers, Vikings, and uh, 49ers winning their respective divisions. And then just to remind folks, there are three wildcard spots uh, for this conference that will make it in there. So on top of those four teams, I do believe it will be the – and again, much like I did the last episode, this is no particular order. I'm not trying to figure anything I was just picking, you know, picking who I think is going to make it. I think one of the, those teams will be the Dallas Cowboys. One will be the Detroit Lions. And then I think the other one will be the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. And then who you got winning out of that one? Oh, uh, winning the whole thing. I'm going to say the 49ers. Okay. Good pick. Good, Good pick. pick. Uh, all right. Well, in the East, I got the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. In the uh, South, unfortunately, because we had to pick somebody, uh, the – Unfortunately, it's going to be the uh, Panthers. Then we got the North, I had Detroit. And then uh, in the West, I have the Niners. Uh, for the playoffs, I'm kind of like you. I'm just going to go across the board. Actually, I think every every uh, division that's good in the NFC, so that means not the NFC South, mm-hmm. is going to have a representative. So I think the uh, Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Seahawks will all make the playoffs. And you know what? Until proven wrong, I'm going to go. And, you know, I picked the uh, Kansas City Chiefs going back. I'm also picking the Philadelphia Eagles going Ooh. back. We're going to get that rematch of a Super Bowl, which hasn't happened in a long time. And I really do believe that this time it's going to end just a little bit differently. Uh, so there you go. Philadelphia is my pick in the NFC. So for me, out of the NFC East, it's Philadelphia with Dallas getting the wild card. In the NFC North, it is Detroit winning the division, Minnesota getting the wild card. In the NFC South, well, somebody has to win it, so why not New Orleans? (laughs) And then in the NFC West, it's uh, San Francisco winning and Seattle getting that last wild card. At the end of it all, the NFC Championship game will be Philadelphia and San Francisco again, but a different winner is going to show up for this one. 
And that is going to be the San Francisco 49ers setting up the dramatic Super Bowl against the New York Jets, where Aaron Rodgers is denied his Super Bowl by his arch nemesis that he can never defeat in the NFC comes back to haunt him. That'd be great. Wow, storyline-wise, there you go. Yep, it's going to happen. Lock it in. The San Francisco 49ers are winning the Super Bowl this year. Uh, So for my matchup, I would have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, listen, this defense is just too good. I'm going to give it to the San Francisco 49ers. So a lot of of love going out to San Francisco. Two of you got San Francisco. I picked Philadelphia. Yes. Which, like I think, if you look at everybody in the NFC – those are the two top teams, Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. So you can't go wrong either way with that. I could definitely see Philly getting there. That's why I think they're going to be in the NFC Championship game, barring any kind of crazy injury happening. So we'll definitely have to wait to see how things play out. Yes. I mean, you can still get teams smuggling in there. You could, yeah, I can make an argument that Seattle, if they hit the right stride, could smuggle in there. Or, or even a, even a Detroit or a Minnesota, yeah, uh, to the uh, the champion, the NFC Championship game. I don't know about the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the, the Super Bowl picks really, if you're going to go break it down. I mean, I know I'm picking Philadelphia, but I think the Niners are a strong pick. Mm-hmm. I think the Seahawks are a strong pick as well. Mind you, barring anything, now mind you, that that happens yeah. every season. Something crazy happens. There's injuries and everything. We're just going with the information we have right now going into this season. So yeah, definitely a lot of things to look forward to. Especially locks and leaps will be starting up. Yeah. So the most fabled fantasy football storyline going on in all of podcasting is continuing on. Who will be this year's winner by the invite only? So you definitely be watching ODPH Podcast Facebook and definitely see about who will be stepping in to get the trophy this year because there'll be a lot of tough competition going on this year. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, just real quick, I mentioned some of the special games going on this year. Uh, For the Thanksgiving Day games, you have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions. That is the early game. Washington Commanders taking on the Dallas Cowboys, the mid-afternoon game. And you've got the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks for the late game. And there is a uh, Black Friday game this year. Uh, That is going to be on Amazon Prime at 3 p.m. Eastern. And you've got the Miami Dolphins taking on those New York Jets. Uh, And then you've got a bunch of games going on uh, Christmas Eve, which is usual, which is to be expected. That's on a Sunday. Uh, but you've got a triple header uh, on Christmas Day. That is on Monday. Uh, you've got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. That'll be on 1 o'clock on CBS. Uh, you've got the New York Giants taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. That'll be 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And then on ABC, you've got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Well, that could be a slaughter day on Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, and, of course, there is a whole bunch of games on uh, New Year's Eve, but there are no games on New Year's Day. I would like to point out there, I'm I'm interested in this is the second season they've done it, the Christmas Day games. They're going after the NBA, baby. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's always a good thing, too, because, like I say, football is back. It is America's pastime, let's be honest. Nobody, you know, around the world gets, you know, like I say, in the United States gets up for sports like football fans do. So it's definitely an exciting time. We're going to be doing our weekly coverage as we always do here on the ODPH. And like I say, we have our predictions, but we definitely want to hear yours. So make sure it hits up on that hashtag and let us know what you're thinking going into the season. Before we get out of here, Rich, thank you again for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure having you talk some football with us. 
why don't you tell the fine folks how to find you and everything going on with 3FN? Well, thank you for having me. And yes, if you would like to get a hold of myself or the 3FN podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. All of our social media links are there. Our T Public link is there. The Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content. You help us uh, uh, support everything we do here. Friends of the show are listed there, like the ODPH, uh, the musical directory, uh, sponsors. You you name it, it's all over there at 3FNpodcast.com. It's your one stop shop for everything. 3FN. And uh, once again, I would like to plug this and send this to the rafters Wednesday. So this upcoming, not, not today when we you hear this. You're one Wednesday, week away. The countdown Wednesday, is on. September 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nerd Initiative is finally getting some wrestling coverage over on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Wrestling Night Live! Myself and Ken M and uh, the rest of the NI Wrestling Dojo will be uh, talking about all things WWE and AEW. Of course, if you want that deep dive on the wrestling, make sure you're listening to myself and Ken M weekly on 607TWS, the wrestling show anywhere you get great podcasts. However, make sure you tune in and check out Nerd Initiative's YouTube channel. Go to nerdinitiative.com for all the links. Go to Make sure you're subscribed because also you're going to want to watch Ken M over there on Turn a Page every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm plugging everything now. I appreciate it. And then on top of all of that, you're going to want to stay around. Make sure you're subscribed if you're a wrestling fan because on that on that same YouTube channel, the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel, we will be doing pre-show and post-show uh, like panel groups for every PLE slash pay-per-view starting with October 1st. Wrestle Dream from All Elite Wrestling, and then I do believe the following week is Fastlane. So yep, uh, so there you go. You got all that great coverage and more coming to Nerd Initiative with the wrestling, and uh, of course, you're not going to want to miss Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we talk all things pro wrestling on Wrestling Night Live, live from Upstate New York. Absolutely. So if you need links for any of that, 3FNPodcast.com, 607TWS, The Wrestling Show, Nerd Initiative YouTube. It's simple, Pad. Where do they go? ODPHPodcast.com. That's right. So for myself, for Rich, and for Padawan J, <gasps> fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Kenna. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, and especially the, sp- the special yearly edition of the NFL preview shows because, listen, we like talking football. You like talking football. Let's keep talking football throughout the entire year. We'll see you next time. Down to the punch Cause they can't bring